Yo, what's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of Downtime with Downstar, episode 117. And today we are sitting with Sky Sunner. What's up? Sky, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing great, man. So, uh, local celebrity out here, bro. Your name's been buzzing for uh, for a while now. You know, uh, in this small little little circle, I've been here for a long time. So, you know, it's nice to, uh, you know, nice that you say that. But, uh, you know, you're a local celebrity. Your company's <laughs> a local celebrity. The crazy part is I never even knew that it was you yeah. and what you do until I was introduced to your podcast. And I was like, wow, this is cool. Like, and honestly, it, what was really dope is it's everything that you're doing is like you're talking to different people from different industries and it's entertaining it's like just chilling and have a conversation so yeah you know props to you and thank you, uh, thanks for having me on here because uh i'm now a fan of your show <laughs> since uh since mambo uh introduced <laughs> yeah, me yeah shout it. out to mambo dude and that uh to be honest that's where like where it all started from is my mambo he started following me on instagram and i'm just like oh this is kind of crazy because you know right. mambo's an og dude right when, when i was a kid i was listening to rico and mambo you know and then uh for him to follow me i was like oh man and then yeah. for us to actually connect and then now to be to be friends after that yeah. it's like it makes you think about the community in a totally different way you know it makes you think about it like things are a lot more accessible than 100%. than i thought about that they were you know yep. and just to be able to have conversations with people it's uh it's an amazing thing man 100%. I mean, you get to learn so much too, which is cool because like I'll, I'll pick up little nuggets from different people what they say and you're like, "Oh, that's kind of cool." Yeah. So, I mean, you interviewing people, you talking to people, you learn so much that you can apply in your own life, which yeah. I think is another really cool part. Man, I say that that's my payment, you know, with this we're not making any money off ads or, you know, streams or views or anything like that, but that's my payment that I get. Yep. I get to sit with people for two to three hours, pick their brain. And 100%. then after that, I'm like, okay, okay. well, this worked for Sky, you know, yep. maybe that'll work for me. 100%. So before we get any further, can you guys, can you give us a quick breakdown of, of who you are and what you do? So I'm a, I'm a local from the 805. I've been here pretty much my whole life since I was two years old. Uh, local entrepreneur. Um, I have a craft beer bottle shop. That just uh, used to be called Sam Sadikoy Liquor. Mm -hmm. Now it's called Happy Place Craft Beer, Wine, and Spirits. Okay, got you. Um, so I do that. Um, I have a michelada mix with Mambo, actually. Mm -hmm. is a, it's funny how you said that. <laughs> like, I was a little kid in, like, literally elementary school listening to him. And uh, I was able to build that relationship with him. Just like you said, is everyone is accessible. And through friends, we just connected and became really good friends. And we just decided to create this michelada mix we're yeah. just like there's a lack of a good one that that tastes good to us yeah that we got to add this add that and then you know we we created the bloody care so you know i'm just an entrepreneur i look for opportunities where you know the market needs something and uh you know get the right team around us and you know try I think that's the basis of being an entrepreneur is being able to realize that there's opportunity and uh that you can capitalize on that opportunity I, I find it very interesting. Like, so a lot of my stuff is kind of not as niche market, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, the Michelada mix is probably a little closer to that. But the fact that how you did what you did with nuts and bolts, yeah. bro, like, that's, <laughs> that's crazy. I mean, yeah. It's like, I, I'll look back at it now and, and I just think that, I mean, I, I really downplay it a lot. You know, it was so obvious to me that there was a need in the market and it wasn't like I 
created something that that changed the world i just showed people things that they didn't know that they even wanted yeah you know and once i showed them that then it it clicked in their head but to me i was in another market so that's like you being in the the into wine Mm -hmm. and then you going into another industry and them not having like a the the bottle bottles or something you're like wait what do you guys you don't use bottle openers no we use our teeth (laughs) (laughs) you know and it's like that was in the hot rod stuff and i'm like everybody cleans up their bolts nobody uses their old bolts so yeah it was just it's just i think that's the thing of entrepreneurs you just always have your eye open and and you know you're always uh solving problems 100 percent so and and I think that that's what makes a real good entrepreneur is a problem solver. Yep. So do you feel like uh, like you're good at solving problems? Hundred percent. I think that's really what I'm good at. I'm good at solving problems, and I'm good at creating the right people around me to fix that problem. Because the one thing I understand is I don't have all the time in the in the world, and I don't know everything. Yeah. But I'm good with people, and I'm good at bringing people together to solve a problem. So I think that's really kind of my talent yeah definitely man so let's get into your early life you said you got here in oxnard when you were two years old yeah so where uh where did where were you born at so i was born in india okay northern india punjab to be specific um and uh, my parents came to the u.s because there was a a potato famine in india Mm -hmm. so they literally like lost all the crops lost a lot of money Mm. and so then my dad came here on borrowed money long story short came down to the u.s and uh and brought us with him so he came before we did okay and then about a year later me and my mom and my brother we came uh to ventura so how did you come to ventura it's funny because there's um there's a shop that used to be a 7-Eleven, and the typical thing back in the day was they would Indian owners of 7-Eleven franchises would hire other family or friends. So my dad started working at that one, and uh, and basically that's why we originally uh, came came to Ventura. Wow, crazy, huh? Yeah, definitely, man. That's how far is that from here in mile wise? Where that, India? Oh, twenty two hour, nineteen to twenty two hour flight. That's crazy, man. Because like I grew up in Oxnard, and I mm-hmm. moved, I moved away for maybe like a three or four year stint to uh, Gardnerville, Nevada, which is by Carson City, Lake okay. Tahoe, for about four years. You're talking like maybe 350 miles away, and that's yeah. the farthest I've ever moved, man. Right? I can't think about going to another country and living there. But you know, for me, just. It was easy for me because exactly. you know, I was yeah, a kid. I don't even kid. remember anything. But even for your parents, yeah, man, that's, that's a big deal to just make that move. Yeah. But you know what? Like, obviously, the opportunity in this beautiful nation, we're, we're fortunate to be here. Yeah. So, I mean, it was it, it was something he he needed to get away from the circumstances that he was in. And uh, he brought us here. So, we're really thankful that that happened because yeah. without that, none of this is possible. No, definitely, man. Do you ever uh, go back to India? Uh, I went back, um, what was it, like five years ago? And then before that, about seven years ago. Got you. I mean, I love it. It's awesome. But I'm just kind of like in that mindset where if I can go somewhere, I want to go somewhere new. Yeah. And try to experience different places um, with, you know, people I love and friends and family. So I'm kind of 
trying to travel different places instead of keep going back home yeah so i I was checking out your your social man it looks like you do a lot of traveling and it looks like there's a lot of beach always involved i love the (laughs) beach i mean it's sad that we're in ventura county right and i don't go to the beach enough but when i'm out (laughs) we were in um we're in bali earlier this year i was literally at the beach as as much as we could thailand um, even we just came back from uh, Hawaii mm-hmm. in Maui and we literally stayed on the beach in my whole life in Ventura County. I've never stayed on a beach yeah. in Ventura, you yeah. know, or Oxnard, but yet I go to another <laughs> place, you know, fly six, seven hours or 20 hours and, you know, I get a place on the beach. You know what Same I mean? Same thing, so, man. What do you think that is? You know, we just, sometimes you don't appreciate what you got and it sucks because we literally, you know, somebody told me last time we came back from Bali, they're like, Sky, it must suck to be home. I was like, you know what? We live in fucking paradise. Yeah. We really do. Like, people I was talking to over there, they're like, oh my God, it's 20 degrees back home. I was like, damn. <laughs> I was like, our home, they're like, I was like, it's like 75 degrees. Yeah. You know, so sometimes we we take it for granted, you know, and sometimes it's nice to move away like, you know, you did for three, four years and you really appreciate it. When you come back, you're like, whoa. I mean, for a little while, you know, and it's, it's so weird. I don't know if it's just human nature or what, but once I came back, you know, I was so, oh yeah, I'm back in California. I love it. And. I, I never go to the beach, man. We live on Oxnard Shores, which is a five-minute walk, walk to the water, wow. you know? And um, I've always lived in those neighborhoods, and sometimes at night you could hear the waves going. And even at our house now, you could hear the waves, and we never go down there, man. And it's such a shame because I, I do a lot of traveling, and I'll go all around the country, and I talk to people that never even seen the ocean before. Wow. And that's for us to think about that. That's like so mind blowing. But just think if you live in like the Midwest, is there's no ocean around there. Yeah. And and saying that, you know, I've only moved about three hundred fifty miles away. Dude, even if you go three hundred fifty miles in a in a radius around there, there's no ocean. You literally have yeah. to take a flight. That's crazy. Out of all the places you travel, what's your favorite place you Japan. Really? Yeah. My son really wants to go there. Oh, really? He's, ah, he's big on the Pokemon, so he's like, mm. I want to go, I want to go. And we want to go for the, um, have you heard about the, did you do that, um, what is it, like the Super Mario Brother go-kart racing? Where you? We haven't. Oh. No, we have, I've seen it though, because we stay right there. It's uh, Shibuya, which is kind of like the Times Square of, of Tokyo. Okay. So that's in, uh, have you seen Tokyo Drift before? I have, yeah. So where they do the drifting through the crowd and there's the big crossing of... There's all the t- build, Towers, big buildings yeah. and everything right there. That's the like the Times Square Got of it. it, and that's where you actually drive those go karts around in that area. And it's really cool, but I always forget about it. Out of all people, I think you would have done that. <laughs> I know, man. I'm a weird cat. Things that you would think. So, do you go there often? Did you? Um, as far as uh, as early as like maybe four years ago, I started going. That was my first time, and since then I've been three times. You do it a lot for business? Uh, for the sh- for the business, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So this January I'm going to be going back again. Uh, my buddy Ryan and I, we <clears> always uh, he's the first one that I went out to Japan with, and then last year I ended up taking my wife, and she fell in love with it, but just not the weather or the the car stuff. Got it, got it. So we're a lot of gonna, traffic, right? Yeah, but it's just. Um, 
when you go to these car events i'm sure it's the same with going to like a, an event with the bloody cure is that that that's the focus 100 percent. and when you go with your significant other and want to go on a vacation that's not really the yeah. best circumstance so it was cool that she was able to go and kind of experience japan like i did but we're probably going to go later on in the year in like may or something when the weather gets a little better better but uh yeah it's uh this show it's called tokyo auto salon okay so it's basically all the new stuff coming out for 2020 they'll have the the new products the new cars and things like that and you go over there and just uh get charged up for the year that's that's why i like to go to it you ever set a booths over there no not yet um i think maybe i will in the future but just logistically it, it would be kind of a pain you know and i'm not sure if if it would really be worth it because we have kind of a, a good presence in in japan with uh like the honda builders oh, so nice. the guys who are building like the really nice cars is something that would that you would see here in california those guys already know about our products got it so they're already <clears throat> they're they're kind of already in the know of it so i mean it would be nice it would be like um like a milestone for me to do that but yeah it's kind of a big headache yeah too, you know sending all your stuff out there setting up the booth so i'm just making excuses maybe right <laughs> maybe I, one day i know i went to uh a big trade show like that recently uh a buddy of mine he has a, a mango company okay and uh he's like oh come out check it out because uh, you know when the bloody cure when we when we're ready for a big event we want to do that las vegas convention for gotcha, the drinking gotcha. convention yeah 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 so we're like, okay, let's go check it out. So I just went there to go just shake hands with people and look at their setups and just see what was more effective and whatnot, right? Yeah. So that was a, a cool experience just to see it. Yeah. And now that I saw it, now I could see ourselves being there at the convention more than I ever could before. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, definitely. Sometimes you need to like visually believe it and see it and before you actually do it. So, yeah. you know, usually I'm good at that, but for some reason, every single time the those events were coming we're like yeah yeah but we have this yeah we have that like you said we just keep making excuses <laughs> yeah you know? yeah and um as 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 good as we are as entrepreneurs to try not to make excuses we can always find a, a i think way. there's value in realizing <clears throat> that it's an excuse you know 100%. whenever i have uh, an excuse or whenever i have a negative thought or something that isn't aligned with what i want uh what i want myself to be as long as i can recognize it I feel like that's step one in the problem because yep. in the past I, I wasn't recognizing it. Yep. This is just the way that I thought and yep. it was like this. 100%. You know? But as far as I could, like when people say like, oh, I tell them I want to go to the gym yeah. and they say, oh, well, why don't you go? I don't say it's because I don't have time. I say it's because I haven't made it a priority. 100%. Yeah. And, and, and I think that kind of goes with everything too. You know, we make excuses every day. And then like you said, if you don't find if you don't find time for it, then that's just, it's not important to you. It's not a priority. Yeah. You know, I, I see myself doing that a lot. I was going to the gym hard and I was like, I lost a bunch of weight. I'm like, all right, cool. I got more energy. I'm good. And then all of a sudden, you know, I found it just dropped lower on my priority list. So, but no, man, that's a, that's a really good point, right? There. Yeah. So what do you feel like it is that, that keeps you going on this entrepreneurial path? You know what? It's uh. I, it's excitement. I, I get, I'm excited about entrepreneurship and I love people. So to me, as long as I'm doing things with people, for people, to help people, I, I love it. 
You know, um, I'm definitely not a person that could be behind a desk. So as long as I'm out there talking to people and right now in my entrepreneurship, I'm more out and about talking to people, shaking hands, making things happen. Um, so we own the property where the store sits. So I'm trying to work on me and my wife are working on trying to develop it. So, um, we just got a recently rezoned to commercial mixed use. So we want to do commercial and then apartments in the back. Very cool, man. So it's just like, kind of like going out learning stuff, you know, cause it's something new. I'm and then honestly, um, I was listening to one of your podcasts, uh, and, uh, and you guys were talking about like, like you were talking about being afraid of something, right. And it was holding you back because you were afraid of it. And, and there was kind of the same thing with me. It's like, like this project's like a $20 million project, right? And then I, I can sit here and say, I don't have $20 million, so I can't do anything, yeah. right? Or I can just move, get the ball rolling to the point where it's like, now all I need is money. Yeah. And there's people out there that's going to give it to you, but it's just, I, I was, I'm scared. I'm still scared, right? But it's just coming to that realization that I'm scared, but I need to actually move forward and do what I can and worry about the next problem, next hurdle when it comes. Yeah. So when you get to a place of, of like complacency or not having that fear, everything's running good, the, the liquor store's selling well, the family's doing good, what what makes you kick it into the next gear and get out of that, that kind of zone? You know, it's it happens every once in a while mm-hmm. and, and it happens maybe multiple times a year. Like you'll be going fast and then all of a sudden you get comfortable. That's the problem. You know, if we allow ourselves to get comfortable, but then what I look at is I'm like, what's my goal? What's going to be my legacy? What do I want to, what do I want to do in my life? Then when I go back and think about the things that I want to accomplish, then I'm like, you know what? Fucking suck it up and get your ass out there. Yeah. Because when you get a little comfortable is a problem. Then it, it messes up with your dreams and your goals and your aspirations. So I think just, you know, it happens and you just got to snap out of it. You know, sometimes it takes longer than others. And, you know, sometimes I'll just go on a quick little weekend trip or something, recharge my batteries and come back. Yeah. You know, especially being a business owner, I, I love using points. So I'm, I get to fly for free everywhere I go. Yeah. So I fly for free. My hotels are free. So I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to take a weekend off and I'm, I'm going to go recharge my batteries, come back. And then I feel like I get way more done in the next six months than I would have if I didn't go. Yeah, I feel you, man. Speaking about points, you know, I had a credit card. Um, it was like American Airlines card, mm-hmm. putting points on it. And just for some reason, I really didn't see the value. I don't know. The points weren't adding up. I guess I would go to look at a flight and I would say, man, this one small flight is going to take all my points. So I kind of just fell off of that. And I was talking to one of my buddies who's another business owner. And we were talking about um, us doing a podcast together. And he's like, dude, just use your points and fly out. And I'm like, I don't don't use points. And he was so surprised at me. And um, so I need to get your advice on that. What, What card would you recommend? So there's multiple cards, right? I use American Express Platinum Rewards card. Okay. It's got a $500 a year fee, right? But Uh for me, the reason why it's really good, you can get one and a half times your points. So that means every single time that you purchase something over a certain amount, like my purchases are pretty high, just like yours would be. So using the right cards for the right things, it really adds up. Now, the funny part is um, I'm also starting a podcast too. Oh, right? sick. So I'm I'm just starting it up and I use my points to buy the same microphones that you have. Oh, nice. Right? I spent like, uh, and I saw you have the Zoom as yeah, well, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I literally spent, I don't know, like two grand yeah. on audio equipment. Uh-huh. 
just to just to buy all this and and for all, all of you listeners you don't need to spend that much money yeah you, you can literally do it from your phone you can do it in different ways we just happen to be in a position where we can or i use my points so i was like hey i might as well do that oh, man. so i was able to buy the whole thing right off of my points and yeah it seems like a lot of points it was like a say like ninety thousand points were gone but hey you know what they were free yeah anyway. you know what i'm saying and it's not like I had to pay for the points. I just had to use my credit card. Yeah. And, but just make sure you pay your credit cards off. Don't go out. Everybody, this is a disclaimer. That doesn't mean go out and spend a bunch of money and get points and not pay your credit card. Yeah. Because those interest, those those fees, 20%, it'll kill you. So so what makes you go with this Amer- the American Express Platinum versus other cards? You know, their concierge service is really good. Um, I, I personally love that card. I use it a lot okay cool um we also have uh, a chase card it's a um sapphire Sapphire? okay yeah but then they have different levels so you have to look at what's better the other reason why i love my platinum because um when we travel we just recently found out about this which is stupid because we've been traveling for a long time is they have the lounges you can go to the lounge, take two people with you. You could drink what you want. So before flight, five, six, seven drinks for you on the flight, get food, massage chairs. Some of the oh, places wow. that we went, we went to Bali. There was actually somebody walking around giving people massages. And I'm like, wow, I would have paid $100, $200 for this experience. And since I travel probably three to four times a year, yeah, I get my money, my $500 back. Yeah. And then plus they give you credit on your... Um, on, you know, on your travels, like $300 a year. So it's like, it's it's really not expensive mm. if you utilize it. Yeah. You know, and for me, it was just like, it was a no-brainer. Damn, see guys, players fuck up still. No matter, <laughs> no matter how much I think that I have it going on, I got to get on this points thing, I'm man. I'm telling you, bro. So when you guys see me flying just like random places for yeah. a cheesesteak or something. Right? My points are popping. Thank you for that, man. I'm going to check that yeah. out for sure. But let, let's dig into this podcast. I'm, I'm excited about that. So um, tell me about why you want to start a podcast and what, what it's going to be about and if you got a name or anything. Yeah, it's good. It's called Sipping with Sky. Sipping with Sky. So I'm actually rec- I'm starting to record right now, like literally over the next couple of weeks. Sick. We're starting all of my recordings. Uh, but I'm just going to like drop it like Netflix. I'm just going to record like 15 of them and then drop them all. Oh. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, it's kind of like, cause the thing is, this is like, when I started listening to your podcast, it was really dope that you had a bunch of podcasts, right? So I've probably gone through and listened to like 20 or 30 of them. Oh, by, thank by, you, man. Probably about 30 of them by now, but it was cool that you had more content because the thing I hate is I'll go to somebody's podcast. I'll listen to one of them and I'm waiting for the next week and it, there's not a next week and there's not a next week. Yeah. And you're like, fuck, this is my routine. Mm-hmm. This is my Sunday routine. I listen to this podcast while I'm driving. You know what I mean? I go to LA and I'm driving for an hour. So I want to listen to it. The nice part about yours is you, you're consistent. You're always putting out content. Thank you. So I want to make sure I don't fuck up because the things that I don't like, I don't want to do for other people. Yes, yes, yes. So I want to drop a bunch of them. So when people start listening, they can continue to listen. Because I don't know, we're, we're all creatures of habit. The moment you you fuck up somebody's like rotation, it, it, you know, they change. They'll just jump on somebody else's stuff. Oh, you know I'll tweet I mean? somebody real quick. Right? Like, Where the <laughs> fuck is the episode at, man? I'm pissed off. Yeah. But you're definitely right, man. I think that not only in podcasting, but just in life, consistency is key. 100%. You know, and, and I tell people this all the time. They, they want to start a YouTube channel or yep. whatever. You come out with a scheduled videos if you want to do two videos a week one video a week doesn't matter but when that time comes that video has to be up 
just 100%. as important as you have to be to work yep at on monday 100 percent. as important as that yep and if you can't do that but you can every yeah, adult everybody can has has a job yeah. you know um if you if you can't do that then you're not ready for this next step 100%. in your life but I, yeah, that, like you said it goes with everything you know we need to hold ourselves accountable we need to be able to say hey this time i'm doing this jump on google calendar put book your stuff you know i book everything digitally make it my life easy make everyone else's life easy yeah because it just it, it allows me to be in control of my time but at the same time is like you said is is we all make excuses if we just stick to what we want to do we'll make time people make time to go watch you know some crazy show that they like or go watch the lakers or, yeah you know definitely. what i'm saying like so i mean don't get me wrong i love my lakers and i try to watch them as much as possible but it, i have priorities like you said if you have it up on your priority list you're gonna get it done yeah just set anything that you want to do as a priority you know and this is me saying this and not going to the gym you know right <laughs> I, I could definitely yeah. do it, but it's just, you, you have to make that mental click in your head. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Do you ever go back on one of your podcasts and re-listen to it and like re-motivate yourself from what you just said? Um, I try not to listen to that many old <laughs> ones, dude. Because it's like, you, you know, how I think of podcasting is I think of it as a training. Yeah. So right now I'm the most prepared 117 episodes in yeah now if i go to episode 23 i'm like oh man why'd you word it that way like i, <laughs> like, I was terrible <laughs> so every day i'm consistently yeah. like learning and evolving improving. and improving yeah so uh but i i get what you mean like yeah. i i try to uh if if somebody has any any questions or ask me for advice i try to give them the best advice my, yeah. that i can but driving to work sometimes i'm like dude you need to take your own fucking 100%. advice. 100%. And, and it's hard because, you know, being an entrepreneur, there's no one saying, Sky, where are you at? Yep. We need you here. You need to be doing this. We have to hold ourselves accountable. And it's very, very important. I'm lucky my wife holds me accountable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes she'll be like, yeah, you know what that thing that you said in the last podcast you were in? Yeah, you should take that advice. I'm like, yeah, you probably should. Because sometimes it's like, like you said, it's as we're trying to give the best advice possible. And every once in a while, like we'll slip off the wagon and we won't even use our own advice. So I think that's really cool is, is like you said, it's just really uh, acknowledging that there's a problem so that you can fix it. Yeah, no, definitely, man. This, this is a cool convo, bro. I, yeah. I, I like how you flow, dude. This is awesome. Thanks, man. Brother. I'm excited to hear about the, the podcast too. So are you, what's the structure of it? Are you looking to have guests? Is it just going to be you about certain subjects or what's the flow going to be like? So it's called Sipping with Sky, yeah. right? And obviously I'm into craft beer. I'm into tequila. I love alcohol. I enjoy the taste of it. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to do a podcast. And you know what? If someone doesn't drink, it'll be a cold brew or, you know what I'm saying? Got it could you. be yeah. something, you know what I mean? That the person likes and sit down, drink, talk about it, talk about their life talk about reality mm -hmm. right because a lot of the people that are on my show that are already um scheduled uh, by the way this is a great time to ask can you jump on my show <laughs> yes thank you awesome i'm down for it dope Hell so yeah. it, it's it's about talking to people about their struggles and the shit that they dealt with because too many entrepreneurs make it seem like it's fucking amazing and it's beautiful and it's easy but they don't realize is the sacrifices we have to make so i want to be able to show people the true the truth about not just entrepreneurship, but people who are successful. What the fuck did they do? Yeah. Right? To make them where they're at. So, like, I have people from 
the the mayor of Ventura, Santa Paula. Nice. I have entrepreneurs. I have uh, tequila owners. I have beer companies. I have so many different types of businesses and mindsets. And I just wanted to be able to really let them tell their story and let them do it real. Like, like I don't want you to just talk about your successes. I want to talk about when you... You know, you you decided I can't eat right now because this important this meeting is more important than me eating. And you know, I'm gonna skip lunch. I'm gonna do this. I, you know, not eight hour days. I work fifteen hour days because yeah. that's what I have to do right now to get where I need to do. You know, because some people we have to make sacrifices early on and not go out or not do this or you know miss somebody's birthday or do that. Not because we don't like the person, but our goals, our priorities. You know, so I think that's really cool. So I, I want to get into people, but just do it in a fun way, yeah. you know, and let people be themselves, but just chill like this yeah. over a beer. Definitely. Know? Very exciting, man. So when are you thinking of dropping this? So I'm actually right after this podcast, I'm going to be picking your brain, Yeah, you know, for a little bit of advice Definitely. too, because, um, you know, I want to do something similar to yours. And obviously one of the other problems I've encountered that a lot of people do is like, where do I do it? Sound wise, this wise, that wise, even though I have my business, I have my house, uh, just like we talked about earlier, you're just like, I, I don't even have my own room there now. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so it's always about hard to find a place. And uh, I was I was trying to create something to put on the property temporarily just to use it. My office was too small, mm -hmm. and then there's too much noise. So I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to do it. But as of right now, I'm going to just start recording at certain places and figure that out next. Got you. You know, because I want to just start yeah. recording. Since since you're an entrepreneur, um, I'm going to throw this one at you. And I've talked to a couple people about this. Is um, <clears throat> podcasting is going to explode? this next year 100 you know it's it's been going for you know the last whatever 10 12 years uh and people are starting to jump on the bandwagon yep. when you see your favorite celebrity starting podcasting that's when you know that you're on the late train all right so anybody listening if you want to start a podcast this is your time do it now to do it um <clears throat> with, with that being said I think that a commercial location, such as something like this, yeah. this office with six offices 100%. like this, um, from from half of it all soundproofed, this half you can have, each room will be different. Yeah. You know, these walls, you can get them at Home Depot and yeah. it doesn't have to be brick. It can be wood walls or whatever. 100%. You have another storage room that has uh decorations props things like that I agree. so so say um so say a podcast comes in and this is their look what they want to have okay this is the plant i like this is the table that i like okay cool get your just we're gonna have you in on wednesday at two o'clock okay see you then so your job as the uh the facilitator would be to set up their table everything they come in they do their thing you they give you your chip the the sd card set it up you give it to them okay or, or you can offer different um editing solutions yeah editing you want a video it will do exactly, that exactly i agree 100 percent. and this i think if somebody took that opportunity that that could be something huge uh i would love to do it but like yeah. you know how it goes time, time. <laughs> it's not it's not that high on your priority yet <laughs> yeah i mean as long as i have I, my own studio i mean i agree with you 100 percent on what you said um, I just think there's there's the other problem is is a lot of people that want to start it, they don't have the money to pay for the spaces, right? Until they can get a sponsorship. Yeah. So there's there's other issues, things going on, 
But uh, but I I, I hear uh, Rico Mambo might be working on a little something. Yeah, I've been talking to Mambo on the the back end, man, and I'm excited to see what he has coming I'm, up. I'm for really sure. excited. No, definitely, man, and I I think that I, like you said, people don't have the money for this equipment. Mm-hmm. They don't have the money for a spot or anything. So if you were to tell them, yo, it's I don't even know what it would break down like hundred bucks an hour. You know, this is 50 bucks an hour, whatever it would break down to 100 bucks an hour. Come in, come do your thing. Okay, cool. This is it. And you're ready to go. And I think that that would be something really cool. You know, no, I'm I'm, I'm interested in that side. I definitely because like you said, this it's going to explode because if you look at it, I mean, I know me, I'm pretty sure I'm speaking for you as well. When I'm driving, I'm listening to podcasts. Definitely. Like as much as I love music, I love hip hop. You know what I mean? I, I just, and I love all music, you know, but when you're driving, I feel like I, I want to absorb as much as information as I possibly can. And sometimes you just need to recheck yourself. So you can listen to the same thing 10 times. It, the 10th time it like absorbs to your brain. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, I've heard the same message from 10 different people and I believe in it. Now I'm going to apply it. Yeah. So I, I really like you know podcasts. So I'm always listening to them. So they're getting more and more popular. And I remember like five year ago, years ago, my my wife's talking all about podcasts. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'd rather <laughs> listen to some tunes, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like mump that shit. Yeah. But I was just like, damn, now now I'm like, fuck, I, I wish I jumped on it five years Definitely. ago because I probably would have been up to episode 117. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely, man. It's it's exciting time. So, uh, what what is your podcast um, lineup look like? Who who are you listening to? Um, so what's it? Uh, was it Joe Rogan? Joe Rogan. Um, I'm actually just subscribed to Joe Budden because of, uh, I was listening to your last podcast. Yes. So I, I subscribed to him. Hell yeah. Um, I listened to my boy uh, Rico J from Millennial Mindset. He oh, just started you, yeah. up, which is cool. It's like nice seeing somebody starting it up and just. Get I heard it going. your episode on that one. Oh, thanks, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm just like I'm. I'm I'm observing like everything. So you tell me, you know, um, we have the, uh, the four locos. Oh, hell podcast. yeah. This is hilarious, bro. So that's with, uh, Rico and Mambo and, um, Prince Blunt, Prince Blunt. And then the other guy, I forget his name. Um, but, uh, it's, it's really cool how that even worked out. Just these guys that were participating in the dilemma of the 100%. day and they become fans, you know, and now they have a show with Rico yeah. and Mambo. That's awesome. It, it's funny because if you really look at it, that's kind of how my partnership with Mambo kind of started. Really? So I, I'm a huge fan. Like every single morning I used to open the store from five thirty in the morning and I used to work there till like 10 at night. So, I mean, I, I put those crazy ass shifts in, but all those years while I was doing that i would always listen to the rico mumble morning show while i was there i was always commenting i was always doing that because <laughs> yeah you know what i mean it's just i love those dilemmas right yeah. um and i talk about those dilemmas i'm gonna jump off topic yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it, building that relationship i started hanging out at the studio too every once in a while and then i'm sitting in the office and rico goes check this out i was like okay look over at the screen and he shows me an email and people sending him messages on Facebook. And because I, I mentioned the fact, I was like, these dilemmas are bullshit. Yeah. They're too good to be real. <laughs> yeah. And then when, when I saw that, I was like, I can't believe it. The real people sending it from their Facebook pages of the dilemma. So it was so damn real. No was way. Like, I was like, no way. Like, I would have just like sent to the unanimous email. Yeah. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? But it was, it was interesting how real it was. So that's kind of, the, you know, 
and, and that dilemma of the day got me so interested in the Rico Mambo Morning Show and their personalities. They're fun. Yeah. And they always have comedians on. So, they, they, you know, they mix it up. And so it was really dope. So I was a huge fan since I was a kid. And since I was waking up at 5, five in the morning and going to work at 5.30, I would always listen to 6 to 10, mm-hmm. right? So I was listening. I was always commenting. And then all of a sudden, we, like, always talked. And then his brother worked in the beer industry. Mm-hmm. And his other brother worked uh, as a Pepsi delivery driver. So they would always stop by the store. We'd always chop it up. And we became friends. Mm-hmm. And then the the van, the... Um, Chucho used to work on the van on the Q1047 van. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they would always stop by the store. We all became friends and then I became friends with Mambo and then, you know, boom, one thing led to the other. And again, it always happens because you have to reach out, right? People, you can reach out to anybody. Yeah. Right? Like you said Mambo shot you a follow and you're like, "Oh my god." Yeah. Like, this is dope, right? Yeah. And the, you know, in and I've always been a fan of theirs, right? So it was really cool to become friends, first of all. You know, so my friends are like, you're friends with Mumble? I like, yeah, he's like my one of my best friends. Like, that's my boy. That's awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's like a handful of people you can count on. And he's one of them that, like, I'd do anything for. Yeah. And that'll happen, me reaching out. So if you're out there and you want to do a podcast, reach out to Frank. Yeah. Shoot him a DM. Slide him a DM, <laughs> you know? You know, yeah. I, I, do you have a lot of people hitting you up? Or? Um, yeah, I do, but it's more of a like feedback as far as like the podcast. Maybe they'll have some questions about some circumstances they're going through okay. in life, which makes me feel really good. That's awesome. You know that they feel comfortable enough to to reach out to me with these uh, really uh, personal and emotional situations that 100%. they got going on. Um, I really would love a lot more people to contact me about starting a yeah. podcast because like this this podcast stuff that i'm doing this is about passion 100%. to me um and i just want to spread the word to people you know like um the that you're starting a podcast man that that excites yeah. me yeah. because this is just making the the pool even bigger, bigger. and bigger 100%. you know all these people starting podcasts and it's not even really about competition you know because yep the way that I conduct a podcast is going to be different than you or Mambo or anybody. You know, we could even have the same exact guest on, but the way that you uh, maneuver through the conversation, that's unique to you. And nobody could ever copy you, which um, that's really cool because you don't kind of get that in the automotive community. There's a lot of physical parts that we could have that people can copy. Yeah. And if people don't know the difference, yep. I mean, they'll they'll go with the copy the, part of it. Or the cheaper one, the not cheap, knowing that. Exactly. Hey, but you when know? you come to podcasting, me being the host, this being the show, you're coming to this because you know what this brings. 100%. And uh, yeah, guys, if, you, if you're listening right now, if you want to start a podcast, please reach out to me. Yep. And uh, yeah, it, it's it's an exciting time right now, man. Yeah. And uh, so you you met Mambo. How did the conversation come up about starting the Bloody Cure? So the funny part is that he would get off of work late because people don't realize like you think he works till ten. That fucker works till like seven o'clock at night. Yeah. You know what I mean? He works way harder than people think he does. So me being a business owner, I'm like, damn, you treat this shit like your own business. Because he's like, it is. Like, he owns the Rico Mambo morning brand, like him and Rico do. Mm-hmm. So they're like partners in it. And then he would just be coming over after 7 o'clock. And, you know, I'd been working all day. He'd been working all day. And we'd just sit in the back of the store and just 
have a couple coldies, you know? Mm -hmm. And then we would grab other michelada mixes and grab clamato, grab this, grab that, and put it all together and try to, you know, we would make our own little recipes and drink them. Yeah. And then he just looks at me and he's just like, man, I'm just tired of making this shit. I would just wish somebody had a good one. Mm -hmm. So I went out and bought 28 different mixes, right? From Bloody Marys to Micheladas. and Pre-mixes. Of, yeah. Okay. And out of all of them, there was not one single one that we were like, fuck, this shit's great. Gotcha. Or even good. It was like, eh, it's basic. We need to add shit. And then me and him just like, we would get together after work and just mix it up in the back of the store. Right behind the store, it'll get a little area. And we're just mixing it up, mixing it up until one day we're like, damn, we got it. So you're saying, okay, we're going to add this much tomato sauce, this much tahine or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then you got to a point where this is the perfect recipe. Yeah, we're like, this is bomb right here. So what's the next step after that? So then the next step was uh, finding a co-packer, right? That was fucking terrible. Mm -hmm. It was so hard. Nobody wants to talk to you. When you're new and you're just trying to start something, nobody wants to give you attention. They don't give a fuck about your track record, this, that, the other, unless you're like somebody huge like Mark Cuban or something. You know what I mean? I'm just this local business guy, right? And talking about my dreams of getting it into big stores and I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And I'm passionate like you are, right? So I'm like, I'm hoping like someone's going to bring it on and nobody would bring it on. Then we finally found somebody to bring it on and then we had promises from them. They're like, yeah, we're going to get you. We're going to be able to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to make this much product. I'm like, cool. I was like, how many shifts do you run, right? And they're like, we run one shift. I'm like, okay, so you're doing eight hours a day. They're like, yeah. Okay. I was like, so if we blow up, can you do two shifts a day, mm-hmm. right? If we need to. They said, sure, we can. Long story short, we get into Vons. We yeah. get into Winco. We get into, we're in about 400 stores, 391 wow. stores. And our orders, our orders go up, 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 and they just weren't providing product. Hmm. So then we were just devastated. We're like, we did all this work, got in all these stores. Now they're all asking for more product. And, you know, they would wait. Instead of giving it to us in a month, which was what they were supposed to do, they give it to us in six months. And it was that bad, and it was just hurting us. So long story short, we, we struggled so much with that, just not having enough product. We couldn't sell it yeah. if you don't got it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And especially when you build those relationships with Vaughn's, Albertsons, Winco, and we were t- we were in the talks of Costco. Ooh. And and luckily, we never pulled a trigger with Costco because if we did, that would have been terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so we're just like, we're being patient. We're like, let's wait. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, the guy just said, hey, we can't even do your product anymore because his product became more... It was a higher priority. You know what I'm saying? Mm. You're just like, we don't care about your product, basically. Really? Um, so, I mean, it, it, these are the struggles that we had to deal with that nobody knows. You know what I mean? People don't know about that. And then uh, just recently, we're so blessed that we we got connected with a very good family um, here locally mm-hmm. um, in Camarillo. And they're going to be doing uh, all of our mixes. Nice. So, so we're we're blessed and thankful that, and they're they're ready for the growth. They're yeah. excited for it. So, so how close are we to uh, the relaunch? We literally got all of our raw ingredients in. We got all our bottles. We're waiting for our bottle caps. We're literally probably going to bottle this week or next week. Uh-huh. So we're probably uh, looking to be back in stores in within three weeks. Wow! Congratulations, yeah. Thanks, dude. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Ever since I've uh, started this relationship with Mambo, he's just been telling me the back end of it, and it's crazy how it's no matter what industry you're in, it's always 
that type of issue. Yep. You know, basically what business is, you got to give me something and I'll give you money. And if you have that happen so many times, you're like, okay, I need more stuff now. Yep. And I've, yeah, I've definitely dealt with that before. And it's just, uh, it's struggles that people really don't think about. Yeah. You know, you think, okay, these guys can make it. All right, cool. Let's do it. But if you don't have the foresight to see, well, if they can only produce a hundred bottles a week and we could sell a hundred bottles in a day, like what are we going to do? So that's awesome, man. How how do you feel about it? I'm super excited. And and one of the big reasons is um, as an entrepreneur, we know that we're going to have to put in a lot of work without getting results right in the beginning. Yes. So unfortunately we've been doing this. Well, we've been doing it five years now and throughout the five years, there's always been one obstacle after another, right? So it was like everything was going good, but because of all those hits, it's like we haven't really been able to monetize it yeah. at all. I've been fortunate that, you know, with my income, Mambo's income, we have our own incomes that we're able to support the company and just keep it alive. Definitely. And now it's 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 exciting that we're going to be able to just jump back in the industry. We already got a purchase order from Vaughn's Albertsons Ooh. for over 500 cases for the first Sweet. order. So it's like we're excited that now it's like everything's looking great. But you know what? We have obstacles. We just have to be ready to endure them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, so it it feels good because this is our baby. This is something we created out of nothing, out of this thought and idea. It's like two boys getting together and doing it. You know what I'm saying? It's like like that dream that, hey, to open up a business with your friend. And and, uh, we're excited to get it back on the road. Uh, more times than not, that dream turns into a nightmare with working with uh, uh, friends or family. How have you guys been able to navigate through that and not let it affect your friendship? What's crazy is between me and Mumble, we've almost had zero arguments about anything because we both know our place, mm-hmm. right? I know he's the marketing, like he does the most of the marketing. He's helped his, you know, with the recipe, with everything. When it comes to the business decisions and the sales, that's kind of that's what I do. You know, my wife's in the back end. She helps with all the financials and stuff because that's what, what she does for all of our businesses. But it's just been easy because we know our roles. We don't step on each other's toes. And even if I can make a decision with without him, I never do. And he does the same. Mm-hmm. We both talk to each other and we say, hey, this is what I'm thinking. What do you think? There's no I I know, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So when you do that, all of a sudden your idea becomes better because it's now the team's idea. Yeah. So I think that's always been great. And uh, just none of us blaming each other for anything. Just kind of being like, hey, let's, let's fucking keep, keep this going. Let's figure it out. And uh, like you said, when there's problems, you just got to fix them. So have you ever went down that path where you teamed up with a, a friend or a family member and things didn't go as planned? No businesses. So this is actually the only partnership business I've ever been into. Everything has been kind of just me on my own and me and my wife. Yeah. And uh, running businesses with your significant other isn't isn't very easy either because, you know, it's it's always difficult when you have two people with two complete opposite mindsets and different thinking. Me and Mumbo are are very similar. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of, it was a little easier. But with my wife, it was really different because I'm just like, growth, growth, growth. And my wife's checking me. She's like, uh, we got to pay bills, bills, bills. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so it's it's great to have that. Even though we butt heads, it's great that we do because then we both compromise. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing that I've improved on in my entrepreneurship 
from the beginning to now is communication. Gotcha. And I think communication is key because if we don't communicate, like something happens, I literally text Mambo right away. And even if it's good news or bad news, that way he kind of knows what's going on. He doesn't feel like, oh shit, you knew for a week and you didn't tell me. Even if it had nothing to do necessarily with that he could fix it, at least he knows about it. Yeah. And now the fact that he knows about it, what happens if some natural something happened where he was in a meeting with somebody who could fix it? Yeah. Like he could now he can't help because he doesn't know. So if I mentally think there's nothing he can do to help and don't don't explain it, we're we're going to be at a handicap. So um, it, it's been really good communication wise, and I think I've grown as a communicator in my relationship, in my business relationships, and that's really helped help me avoid having conflicts now how long ago did you realize that that was an opportunity for you uh, as far as communicating i've always known it that it's it's an opportunity but the problem is this is sometimes we're, we're so stubborn and you think you're only looking at things from your own perspective and that's the fucking problem yeah we we need to become the other person and think how they're thinking and only then can you communicate better because sometimes it's like, I, I was I was listening to an audio book and I've listened to it multiple times, but a long story short, it was the guys in uh, uh, in like a, a bus or something, not in a bus, in like a train. Gotcha. And all these kids are crying and the, the father's just looking down and the guy's thinking like, what a fucking dick. These kids are crying and he's not doing shit about it. What an asshole. And then the guy asks him, he's like, hey, um you know, your kids are crying and he looks up, he goes, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, my, these kids don't know what to do. We just came from the hospital and uh, their mom died. Oh. Now that perspective change. Yeah. Now all of a sudden it's like, oh fuck, what can I do to help you? Yeah. You get what I'm saying? So sometimes we don't listen to understand what the fuck the problem is or somebody else's point of view that it, it doesn't allow us to communicate better. Right. So to me now, it's like always oh, like, what's that person thinking? Why are they thinking? A lot of times I'll ask questions, even to my employees at the store. I'm like, hey, what can I do for you? Mm-hmm. Right. Because I want to understand what I can do to help them do their job better. I don't look at my employees as my employees. I look at them as I'm your employee. Yeah. What can I do to help you succeed? Because if I just try to be like a boss and be like, oh, you do this, you do that. I let them kind of make their decisions on what to do. I, I teach them what I feel that they need to do, and then I let them use their brain. They have a brain. They're smart. And if you allow them to be in their shell and just be, oh, no, 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 I'm just going to get by, and yeah. they will. But if you empower them and allow them to and become supportive and understand their perspective, what they want in life, what they want out of their job, I mean, they'll give you they'll give you more than what you could expect if you listen and understand them. So that's why I think it's been really good for me to open up my communication with people to understand them because only then you can make a change. Yeah, no, definitely. So you've mentioned helping out people a couple times in this podcast already. Where do you think that that comes from? The want to be uh, to help people and to make people feel good. Me feeling good by doing it. It makes me feel good. Like, it, And it's funny because 
even as simple as I was on an airplane the other day and when and, and I got stuck in row 30 fucking 7 if you don't know where that is that's right by the lavatory yeah. that's right by the restroom and everybody's stopping by <laughs> so the whole time and I'm kind of like a you know broad shoulder guy so you know small little seats you know so every time somebody walked by there'd be like two people walking by I would always move out of their way giving yeah. them extra space so it's something naturally I do I think it's just in my DNA and who I am as a person but even when it comes to being kind and being nice and helping others, the way I look at every single connection with somebody, I don't look at it as like, oh, this just happened. It's not going to happen again. I look at everybody and say, I'm probably going to see you again 10 times in my life. I will never know that I saw you again or you won't ever know I saw you again unless I left an impression mm -hmm. on you. So I always look at people and try to give them more value than just walking by somebody yeah. i want to put a smile on their face and i do it from a selfish reason because it makes me feel good yeah but at the same time is it it's crazy it's like the same people i've ran into just a smile i'll see them again and all of a sudden oh you're in that industry they're like yeah i was like get the fuck out of here oh let me know more about it boom boom all of a sudden that can turn into a different type of relationship a business relationship a friendship something of value but i don't do things expecting anything back but just me smiling and somebody smiling back it makes me feel like hey i made their day better yeah no definitely i i, I can relate to that a lot one thing that i've consciously done within the last i think maybe i'd say two years but it could be even longer than that every time i interact with somebody i always ask them how are you doing 100%. no matter what even when we even if it's at starbucks through the intercom mm -hmm. and uh <clears throat> that's funny i, I, I do the same thing <laughs> I, I do that because i want these people to understand that i know other people look at them as uh, as close to a robot as possible 100%. so it brings them back to like a uh, reality yep. yo this person actually cares about but you ask it thinking of of waiting for that response yeah definitely. not just asking to ask mm. you're asking because you actually genuinely want them to feel good which is dope yeah because a lot of people are, are robots even when they ask that question they ask it without expecting anything back yeah you know what and i mean sometimes you'll get that random one one yeah. time i was at um uh vallarta uh -huh. uh, if anybody's listening it's a like a, a mexican grocery store so i went there and and the lady's ringing me up and i asked her hey how are you doing and then she's like surprised and she's like oh, I'm, I'm i'm doing good uh, and I was like, oh, okay. She's like, wow, nobody's ever asked me that before. I'm wow. like, what, what do you mean? You're like yeah. in your 40s. Right? <laughs> no one's ever asked you like, how are you doing how like, are while you they're doing? working? Yeah. And it's just, it's so sad that like that's the culture that yeah. we're in, you yeah. know? That person works at Starbucks. Yeah. So their job is to get me my coffee. Yeah. No, it's not, dude. This is a person who's trying to survive and live yep. just like you are. 100%. And their job is to do coffee. Your job is to work in a cubicle. So the funny part is we do, we sponsor festivals from uh, Happy Place and from the Bloody Cure. So we do all the tequila tacos, Winter Wine Walk, Champagne on Mains, and all these festivals. And I'm at all of them uh, across California. So when we're at the festivals, there's there's a gentleman, um, Jose. He works there and he's on part of the cleaning crew and he's always there. And the funny part is every single time I see him, I go up to him, shake him hand, give him a hug and say, how are you doing, Jose? It's nice to see you again. And it makes him feel so good. But to me, it made me feel so yeah. good, right? And like I treat whether it's somebody who's cleaning versus the CEO and the owner of the whole festival the same. 
because it's I'm all coming from love. I'm not doing anything to get anything back. If yeah. I get something back, great karma. I love it, but I don't do it expecting something back. Because when when I've ever done that in the past, you know, years years ago, I would do something expecting something. I, I would do something good and I would feel bad. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like like even on the airplane the other day, I I put my seat up, my son's seat up, my wife's seat up right when they said to do so. Cause I was just like, Hey, let's do this. Right. The lady in front didn't, but old me would again gotten mad and say, why the fuck didn't she put her seat up? Yeah. You know, now I'm like, it's okay. And, and the, the thing is, this is being in control of your own emotions is so powerful. When you allow somebody else to negatively affect you by not getting that positive response that you want back is more hurtful you know what I mean? Yeah. Versus then you just walking by not saying anything. So being able to do that, I think has been, been really cool. Yeah. Um, I, I think that that's been a real big struggle of mine is to be able to be in control of my emotions. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing that has, I always mentioned, one thing that's ha- helped me out a lot is uh, the CBD oil. Oh. You know, I've been uh, for probably like the last eight months or so I've been using it and it's really calmed me down. And CBD kinda, companies, you hear that? We need a sponsor. We actually do. And that's going to come <laughs> right now. <laughs> right. Hey, CBD, it's ready for you. <laughs> Send me some free CBD, guys. But, that's um, awesome. You know, it's it's changed me. So you said you use oil? Yeah, yeah. It's actually just these little drops right here. That's like a free sample that I got from uh, my wife. She was doing uh, an event for her work, and there was a CBD company. But I actually have a buddy who has his own CBD company in uh, in Atlanta, and um, he's starting it up. And I'm actually getting a bottle from him, which is really cool. Uh, side note from that is his company, um, Saint. Uh, I forget. I'm sorry, Boone. Uh, it's uh, I'll start promoting it once I get it, dude. Right. But what his is is he's gonna start looking into the um, people who get arrested for um like marijuana and small offenses and i guess it's really big in atlanta and that they're prosecuting people who are like first-time offenders and you know very very petty things um and that's where that's where his uh his company is going to focus towards like going into that and i think that that's really that's awesome you know because like marijuana cbd like a lot of that helps people get through their day 100 and a lot of people on the outside looking in think that oh these are just delinquents that do it oh no i mean look i'm not i'm not an avid uh, marijuana user or whatever but yeah i'll smoke a j every once in a while it relaxes me if i'm on vacation and i don't have a business meeting the next day and i'm just chilling it's a great way to relax. Definitely. You know, I've used CBD in the bottom of my feet. When I'm up 15 hours a day, it's great for the bottom of my feet. They just, they don't feel hurt. Yeah. Because normally when I wake up in the morning, I'm in pain for, for just like five minutes. But then I noticed that that went away with CBD. So it's great. And and now that it's becoming legal, people are actually coming out and speaking more about it. They're like, yeah, I do. So <laughs> Yeah. You go to the dispensaries and you don't see people that you would think that you'd see there. Oh, no. You see like, hey, I think that's my mom's friend. Right? <laughs> Yo, Susie, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, back to the subject, man, uh, that's really helped me out because I think that I, I do have like anger problems. Oh. And what, what I think it stems from is like a respect thing. And mm-hmm. when I feel that I don't get the, the respect that I deserve as 
a human yeah. that really bothers yeah. me a lot you know there was a just an instance we just got back from las vegas and uh we went to a convention over there and we're walking through the uh metal detectors and nobody tells me nothing no one tells you pull out this or anything it's just like come on go 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 and i go and the lady stops me and she says take out everything from your pocket and go back through i'm like you know what do your job and tell me what to do and i'm just like yeah. snap because that's yeah. not my fault yeah this is your job to tell yeah. you you have to be before there and say okay yeah. everybody take out your stuff you know and then yeah. my wife has to tell me quick like calm down it's not even that big yeah. of a deal but it's just like don't attack me when you're not doing your job yeah. you know and those are still things that i'm i'm trying to yeah. work on myself i think a lot of that comes from history from a long time like as we're growing up as kids you know obviously being non-white being ethnical um we get treated differently yeah. you know being being mexican being indian um so when we get treated that way sometimes we're like it we allow we don't even think about it but it, it changes us right and then we just think oh you're just being racist especially if it's somebody who's not exactly. a mexican person exactly. or not an indian person you're like you're being a fucking racist asshole and, and it and it does that you know it's it I, the only reason i was able to change that over a long period of time was when i just said you know what you know i'm not gonna let them control my emotions yeah like even in a club or if we i don't go clubbing very often when somebody bumps into me i say i'm sorry to them it's weird. Like I back in the day, bro, I was <laughs> getting kicked out of Bombay's, kicking yeah. out of Nickelby's. Like it would happen, yeah. you know, because you just be like somebody bumps into you and you're just like, I'm ready to swing at mm -hmm. you. You know, versus just changing your mindset, being like, I'm sorry. It's weird. Like back in the day, like I could never think I could be who I am today because I was just ready to like swing. Mm. Like give me a reason to. I was yeah, already yeah, an angry yeah. kid, you yeah. know? And then just having that mindset, that change, like, hey you know what you're having a bad day and that's why you're taking it out on me yeah you know and we were at the bar at maui in hawaii just the other day and the waiter was was really rude to my friend sonny and he was being a dick and just the way he talked to him it was like really rude he got so mad that that anger then when it came to tip i'm, I'm a big tipper right so normally i would have tipped him probably twenty dollars which would have been thirty percent I tipped him $7, which is a crappiest tip I've ever given on a percentage basis, right? Or a zero if somebody's really, really <laughs> yeah, bad, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And then we left there. He was so mad at me and angry at me that it caused a fight from that energy, negative energy yeah. transfer to our relationship and then throughout the whole night. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, like now watching that, it makes me even more be like, wow, that was me. That's how I, I was. And that energy, just energy transfers, positive or negative. You know, just like when when we met when we met each other right now, it was just like positive yeah. energy, right? Yeah. It just kind of and it amplifies. And the same thing with negative energy. And it's hard. But once you once you just figure out, like, hey, you know what? I think everybody I think I think if somebody's mad or pissed off, I just like I just think, hey, this person just had the most terrible day. Like 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 that bus, the train thing I was talking yeah. telling you about. That person just lost yeah, somebody. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? When you kind of like break people's like actions into like, you know, this person doesn't have enough money to pay rent. Like, you know what I'm saying? I kind of, mm -hmm. I create that in my head to justify me not being a dick to a person yeah. who's being a dick to me. No, I, I, I totally agree with that. And although I do 
<clears throat> understand the the right thing that I need to do and what will put me in a great space is it's not a switch that you could just no. switch on and off. It's uh -uh. a battle every yes. single day. It is. And even the the same trip, right? Um I think it might have been after that interaction um I went to a, a Arco. I'm inside of there and I see this guy, he's fucking pissed, man. And every time I see somebody that's super pissed, my guard's up. I don't know what this dude's going to do, but I'm yeah. ready for whatever. And this dude's like, oh, fucking, when, when can life just ever get better for me? Always something happens, you know, just pissed. So I'm getting my stuff, and then he's, not, he's like not talking to anybody. It's just talking to himself, and then he just looks at me kind of like, life is just, I can't get a break. And I'm just like, and I just like, you know what, man, maybe it's the way that you're looking at things, you yeah. know? And he's like, you know what? My mom, her her house or her water heater just leaked and it just flooded the house. And now I got to figure out I got to get a wet vac or something. I said, you know what, man? Could just be the way you're looking at it. You know, your your mom's lucky to have you. Imagine if you weren't around, what would your mom be doing? Yeah. And then snapped Boom. out of it bro. that's crazy and he's just like you know man you're right and he like actually shook my hand that's awesome and i'm just like i i was able to diffuse that yes and me being a bystander yeah. i didn't have to do that and this guy could have just fucking transferred that energy over to his mom 100%. made his mom feel bad and and it keeps going that's awesome you know and yeah. it's just something that i i just had to take that opportunity because yeah. i'm like you know what maybe this guy's just being being lame you mm -hmm. know maybe he's just being a crybaby or maybe he's just fucking stressed out and yeah. needs somebody else 100%. to understand yeah that's what it is is and that's the biggest part about communication is is you need to understand what somebody's going through and what they're thinking because sometimes it's emotional yeah you know what i mean and that guy was emotional and you were able to diffuse the situation and you don't know. I mean, it's like if somebody, that could have been a person that went out and started shooting people. Exactly. Like, like if people started thinking the same way you did right now, we could prevent these damn fucking, these the, these shoots. 100%, this, yeah. Right? Like the other day, just, uh, I heard yesterday there was one in Valencia. No, it's today. It was today? It was today. It oh happened today in... Um, Saugus. Saugus. Yeah, there was, uh, there was a High shooting School? over there. I think it was one kid confirmed dead, you know, rest in peace to him. And it's just... it when i was looking at that i'm looking at all the tweets because i want to get all the updates and every other tweet was about trump was about democrats was about republican i'm like that kid had he's not even old enough to fucking vote yep. 15 year old kid yep. doesn't give a shit about any of that politics stuff doesn't get a shit about Oh, was I able to get this gun? Did I get a background check? He's a 15-year-old kid. I don't know where you guys are from that you're listening. It's not that hard to get a gun in California. You can know people. You know, you can have a grandfather who has to sneak it out. That's not the problem. The problem is why did this kid get to this point? 100%. Where he wants to go and start killing 100 people. 100 fucking percent. You know what? In places where guns are illegal, it's easier to get a gun. You can get illegal guns. I know... I, when I as growing up, I didn't have a hard knock life or anything, but I knew people that did. Yeah, and I could literally make a phone call if I really wanted to get an illegal gun. It was easier for me to get one than a legal one. Mm -hmm. So, but the problem is, is it's like the mental health. It's about bullying. It's about when people mistreat people, yeah. and and they just always get stepped on. Right. And and then the other thing is, is I don't know if you've noticed this, but like, especially now with social media big and everything, everyone's video standing around videotaping other yep. kids getting bullied. Mm -hmm. Right. Until they make it 
until every single kid gets suspended for videotaping that shit. And that's happening, kids. Be fucking ready. That should fucking happen mm-hmm. because you are now being somebody who's advocating this problem instead of being somebody like you that stepped in instead of videotaping that guy going crazy and then him watching you videotape him go crazy, make him crazier. You stepped in and you said, hey, bro. And you kind of got into his perspective and you kind of let him change his you know his his mindset and his view on everything be like damn if my if i wasn't here my mom what would she do like you really fucking dropped the nugget on him and that let him change his thought process so if more people did that shit on a daily like we wouldn't have these shootings yeah they're not happening because of guns i mean it it could have been a knife it could have been something else it's happening because people are mistreating people and the moment people stop fucking doing that we're going to see a huge decrease in these definitely man and that's talking if that that person was uh, had no mental illness when you put a mental illness into it this person that is going through these problems doesn't handle problems the same way that you or i do and it it, and their fuse may be a lot shorter than ours is you know and it's just i i kind of i see a shift though i really see a shift in how people are treating people and uh i mean it's going to be a long road but i think that people are understanding that like <clears throat> the the only way to change it is not to be taking away guns or changing laws or anything like that because a lot of people don't follow the rules yeah and obviously if you're shooting up a school or something you're you're not following the rules mm-hmm. you need to get to okay what was the story before that happened because yeah. we can make up whatever narrative we want after, after it yeah but how did it get to that point yeah and I'm, I'm not making any excuses for any of these kids that yeah. do that, but there's something that made that person get I, to that I mean, point. It's just like you guys were talking on the last podcast about Joker. Yes, exactly. And then, and then when you fucking really like, oh shit, I haven't seen the movie yet. So by the way, thanks for fucking updating <laughs> for me. <laughs> I'm still going to go watch it. I'm still going to go watch it, right? Like, it's hard to be now. So two months, go watch, go fucking watch it. Like, but, but the cool part about that is that conversation that you guys are having, you literally broke that same shit down. You're like, wow, when you really look at how he became what he became, it's because of all the shit that he went through in his life. Yeah. And people are doing, going through the same problems at home. And they bring that negativity into school. And then other kids are like, fuck this weirdo. Yep. Right? And then they tr- mistreat that person versus helping them. And the thing is, is it's not just the kid's fault. It's the fucking teacher's fault yep. too. Because if the teacher acts differently, negative towards that same kid that the, the kids do, it's going to fucking affect the other kids mm-hmm. too. It's like they need to come correct as well. You know, and I love what the <laughs> teachers do and everything. But there's so much more that they can do. When they see that problem, they need to fucking do something about it right away. Versus even if they hear about something, you know, don't be like, oh, let me just turn my shoulder. I'm just here for my paycheck or whatever. You know, a lot of the the teachers love their kids and they want them to do well. But if you have a kid like that, fucking like dig into it. Try to help them out. And don't allow other kids to treat other kids that way. You know what I'm saying? Because that's just terrible. And I hate when people do that because I saw it in school. I got bullied a little bit when I was younger, but not, not to a crazy extent because I was always that kid that just talked to everybody and laughed and joked, you know? Yeah. But I saw kids that got really bullied. You know what I mean? Like, you know, just like, fuck, like that sucks. You know, and I've bullied a couple of kids too, and I felt bad about it, you know? And especially coming now, you know, getting older and like seeing all the stuff that's happening, it's just like, this is happening because of that. And now that they're seeing other people shooting up schools, they're just like, this is what I need to do because mm-hmm. I'm getting treated like shit. 
fuck you guys boom 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 you know so unfortunately it's a problem but now that we know it's a problem let's fucking find the right solution like you said not to take away guns that's not going to do anything yeah you know i'm not an avid gun you know gun buyer or whatever but i'm just like you said i'm a problem solver i look at that and say the problem is like you said before that what happened not what happened after that not telling your stories not trying to use this as a oh ban guns or no gun it's not guns fall not this fucking fix the problem yeah no and that's what uh that's what i think is the is the biggest issue man and i i think that if everybody looked within that's the biggest change that they can make you know no no tweet no repost none of that shit is going to do anything as big as it's going to do within because you might not change the world yeah but you can change your world 100 percent this is my world yeah what i'm in within this this hundred mile radius of yeah. california is my world 100 percent. i don't even know if alabama exists yeah I've, you know You've never been there. i've never been there you whatever happens map, over yeah. there i i don't know what goes on this is my world and i'm gonna affect everybody that i come in contact with yeah. either positive or negative and I'm making the conscious choice of making it a positive interaction. And now with this podcast, I have the possibility to uh, change or, you know, drop drop ideas, plant seeds in other people's minds from around the world. 100%. And that's just me doing my part. So talking about that. So um, I started a digital marketing agency. And in my marketing agency, we also manage people. Yes. Right. So I manage an artist. Right. And we had we we got him on stage at the country music festival Mm -hmm. so the country music festival reached out to me because i have a really good relationship with brews boots and barbecues and they're like we need somebody to sing the national anthem i was like i got you done so long story short got him on stage right he's half black half mexican you're in front of a huge country crowd right Twelve thousand people yeah right you already know like hey you know you could come come at two different ways right you can be like oh damn you know you're putting a colored person up in front of a bunch of honky tonks like if that's like somebody's perspective yes that's what thinking or you could come out there and you could change the way they view you as a person he came up and made people cry in the audience really he took over that stage like i've never seen a national anthem done before no way eight shout out to at music he killed it um like i've been to a lot of games i've seen beyonce sing the national anthem he became a part of the crowd he like walked up and he said how y'all doing and he's literally doing a mic check yeah right because he didn't even have anything on no earpiece nothing just went up did a mic check how y'all doing and nobody was like it was like hi hi he's like y'all could do better than that yeah how y'all doing and everyone's like he's like if you love america i want to know how you do and everybody started cheering and the way that he affected those people in that crowd and then when it came to the point that uh in in our national anthem where it talks about the flag he just stops look at the flag and you could see his embodiment how much he loved our nation and our country and it brought everybody together yeah you know what i mean definitely so doing something that even something as small as that is so big because now he touched so many people's lives and i think that's what we all need to do is anybody who's listening to this podcast today do something good to somebody you see yeah spread the positivity because that's what it's fucking about it's about spreading love energy transfers let's transfer love instead of hate yeah no definitely man and i've gone through the times where i spread negativity and negativity spreads like wildfire you know and it's just um it's unfortunate 
and hopefully things are going to change and uh, I think it's just about being conscious of who you are the kind of message you want to put out and how you want to be represented you know how how I want people to think of my name when it comes up and I know in the past that it wasn't in a positive light you know whether you're involved in this this dilemma over here this drama or whatever now I, I want I realized that that wasn't the path that I wanted to be yep. on, and I'm making a conscious effort awesome. to change it. You know, and and I've noticed it so much as this podcast has go on. You get feedback from people, and, and you the message that you're putting out is being received, and, yep. and that's awesome, man. And that's why I'm huge behind podcasting. Yeah. and hopefully the message just keeps getting spread further and further. You know? Yeah, hell yeah, man. I mean. I, I love what you're doing here, man. It's, Thank you. This is awesome. Like I said, I'm in about 30 episodes deep. I can't wait to listen to the rest of them. <laughs> Thank you, man. But, uh, Thank you. It's, it's, it's just it's beautiful how how not only can you affect the world, but how the world can affect you. Definitely, man. You know, like you said, you're getting people sending you DMs about their life, probably about their business, about their struggles, and it's just like what you can do to help other people. Yeah. And just, just giving one person a lift up, they're, they're going to want to help somebody else. You know, there's so many people that have helped me in my business. So anytime somebody shoots me a DM, right, and they're like, hey, Sky, I'm struggling with my business. And the thing is, is that the first step of fixing a problem is being vulnerable and knowing I have a fucking problem. Yeah. Right. And once somebody is, you know, in that stage and they'll send me a message, be like, hey, Sky, let's go grab a cup of coffee. Let's go talk about it. Like I have, I can make time when I feel somebody really wants to make a change and they need a little help, yeah. you know, be like, yeah, let's go grab a cup of coffee. Let's grab a drink. Let's talk about it. You know, or if you got it, you know, like we love to help people because we know people have helped us get to where we're at. Yeah. You know, nobody is a self-made hundred percent anything because there's got to be people along the way that tend to, oh, well, you could do this. Oh, well, hey, this is how you would do it with this technology or this, this. Now that's why your bolts are better than other people. Cause you have higher quality the way that you put the paint on them and everything else. They, they last. They're not like yeah, other people yeah, yeah. where it, it goes off. So you learn and you know, and, and together we can help other people and grow as a community. So you coming up as an entrepreneur, um, who do you feel was a influence to you, uh, in your path? So there's, there's a lot of people, right? So with my parents, their hard work and their the way that they treated people was always positive. So I figured they did that. I can do it better, right? I could do it in my own way. So I, I, I to me, I, I took what they did and I embodied it to the next level. And I think that's kind of what's helped me grow as a business owner because people know I care, right? So when you walk into our store, you feel like you're walking into your house. Yeah. You know, I don't if if an employee doesn't treat people good, they're fucking fired. You know what I mean? There's mm-hmm. plenty of people that care about people. So I hire people that that are loving. So I think that's the one thing that one of the big things that I took away from my parents and their hard work ethic. You know, being, you know, us being millennials or late millennials, mm-hmm. it's you know, the younger millennials have that, oh, you don't work hard or you don't do this. The problem is is, you know, they're not patient. I'm lucky that I was very patient. You're very patient. Otherwise, your company wouldn't be here. It wouldn't be what it is today. Obviously, what we want for ourselves is a lot more than where it's at. But, I mean, fuck, you came up with a product that that didn't exist. You created a fucking market for something. You know, then you have Thank people you. coming out to copy you that can't duplicate it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're trying to <laughs> imitate it, but they can't duplicate it. So, 
it's like th there's all all those struggles that that we face but at the end of the day <coughs> excuse me it's all good bro mm. um but at the end of the day i think the biggest thing is being true to yourself being consistent working hard and you know just learning from everybody down the road i mean i've learned from anybody and everybody i'm, I'm always ears because i can learn from my employees i can learn from my nine-year-old son yeah you know like some of his creativity i'm just like fuck i gotta stop thinking i can't do that because shit i can he can do that like how the hell do you just figure that out you know what i'm saying so it's like it's inspiring yeah um but some of the people that like obviously online like um gary v has been huge Got because you. okay like i love listening to his shit because he just fucking tells it how it is and then on top of that is like i grew up in liquor store environment oh yeah you know what i'm saying so like i've been following him since the wine library oh wow oh yeah like fucking back in the day he'd be talking <coughs> about wine and have it how it tastes like a racquetball and i was like what the fuck is he talking about i went out and bought that wine just to see if it tastes like i was like okay i could see this <laughs> right and so he kind of inspired me to do my, i used to do a lot of videos about drinking beer and a little sampling a little this he kind of inspired me to do uh. that which also helped our Instagram following and started growing the We Deliver Liquor for, you know, on, yeah. on IG. And it was like, it, that was cool. Then I have a brother-in-law <laughs> in Vegas that I always talk to about advice. He's like, he does big time developing in Vegas and he's like, you know, doing his shit. So it's good to get a little bit from every single different type of person. And then I can be who I am with all the knowledge I can get. Definitely. Who, who was your biggest influence growing up? I mean, to be honest, I really didn't have any influences besides my parents. You know, my uh, my dad showed me what it was to be a hard worker and yeah. to be able to, um, you know, make the ship run. Yeah. But no excuses. Um, when bills had to be paid, he made it happen. Yeah. And uh, my mom showed me what it was to um, to grow a family. You know, to to be that 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 rock for mm -hmm. the family. And both of them together, it showed me what um, a family dynamic should be in my eyes. Yeah. You know, everybody has different different ways of how they want to raise their family. But how I was raised, I know that my parents did their best with the tools and opportunities that they had. Yeah. And um, I'm I'm trying to do even better th yep. than them because i know that that's what they want 100 and that's what i want for my son you know I, yeah. I tell christian all the time i say you know what i'm gonna make it hard for you because as good as you have it yep. you better make sure your kids have yeah. it way better way better mm -hmm. it needs to keep improving keep going man and that's changing the legacy and knowing where where my father came from how old is your son? He's twelve. Okay. Yeah. Hey, I know he looks a little bit older than my son. My son's nine. So yeah, he he looks older than me, man. He's a <laughs> he's, he's a little man. Yeah. Puberty helped him out a lot right? more than it did for me. I'm still huh. waiting for the rest right? of it. <laughs> rest of the hormones to drop. Right. But uh, those were my influences, man. Yeah. As as far as outside of that, um, I mean, there was people that I that i enjoyed what they did as far as if it was a certain musician or skater or something like that but there was never a poster on my wall that said i want to be like michael jordan there was yeah. nobody like that because at that time in my life uh, growing up and mostly in my early 20s i didn't have a goal of what i wanted to do i was yeah. i was doing what i had to do yeah. and that's it mm -hmm. and, and until 
uh, Downstar actually became something, yeah. then that light turned on in my head. I was oh, like, oh, whoa. Wow. So this 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 whole bullshit of everybody saying that you could be whatever you want is like real. It's true, <laughs> right? Like, this is true, right? And then ever since I got that bug, man, it's just yeah, been it's, it's just been, pop. yeah, hell yeah. And as far as now, I have influences. Um, one of them being uh, Andy Frisella. Are you familiar with him? Mm-hmm. You got to get on him, man. Okay. Um, Andy Frisella. He has a podcast called The MF CEO, which is the motherfucking CEO. Okay, I and like that. This dude started his company from nothing and is worth over a hundred million dollars. And That's when you listen to this podcast. All of the content he puts out, you can relate to, even if you don't have a business. It's 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 taps into that. Yo, you need to get something done. Yeah. You got to go do it, yeah. and it breaks it down to the easiest form. And I think between any successful, you know, business owner, CEO, company, you can learn so much in life because it's the same stuff you got to mm-hmm. apply. The only difference is you got to put in different stuff. Yeah. You know, like even I was talking to somebody who goes to the gym all the time, right? They're like, oh, I need to use my gym mentality in my business mentality. And I'm like, shit, I need to use my business mentality in the gym. gym. (laughs) Okay, everybody, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors and we'll be back in one minute. And that was Star Shopping by the late, great Little Peep here live on DTWD Radio. Now let's check in with Frizzle in the eye in the sky. Thanks, Tim. It's a smoky afternoon here in the 805. If you guys are making your commute on the 101, I suggest you don't. It's bumper to bumper, north and south, and all exits are blocked. Now this November 29th is Bolt Friday at downstory.com. Get all your favorite nuts and bolts for a discounted price once you use code Bolt Friday 19. Once again, November 29th, use code Bolt Friday 19 to save ridiculous amounts of money. Back to you, Tim. Thank you for that update, Big Frizzle. And we want to give a huge thank you to our sponsor, Downstar. Make sure you guys are ready for the Bolt Friday sale this November 29th. And now, back to the hit. But yeah, I think the uh, the skills that you use as an entrepreneur can transfer over into 100%. anything. You know, um, being consistent, um, foreseeing problems that would come up, problem solving. You know, and that and that's why, like, we bring up the gym. That's why I say that it's not something that I can't do. It's just I haven't made it a priority. priority. Um. So I was on your I was on your social, and um, you had a quote that I really like says the best way to predict the future is, is to, to create, create it. it. So what is the future that you're going to create for yourself? What, what What's it look like? Paint us the picture. So I obviously, I, I mean, it, it sounds cliche, but uh, I want to I be able to be in a position in my life where I can give back more, like fix problems, like mm-hmm. homeless problems. Like how, how can they live in an ecosystem to, to assist them to live a better life? right, with mental help and everything else. So I, I would definitely love to do something like that. But to get there, I need to build myself and get to the level where I need to get at. So one of one of my future goals is obviously with the Bloody Cure, as we're building that up, build up the brand, um, and then uh, with the property, to develop the property, to, to try, try creating more income coming in um, so that I could do more. So that's really my goal. Because, I mean, I don't, I don't live a lavish life. 
I don't buy expensive stuff. Yeah, I go on a lot of trips, but I don't pay for them really. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's all off a point. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I don't drive a fancy car. I don't, you know, I live below my means, you know. Um, I don't wear expensive clothes. I'm not into designer stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. just, I'm a simple guy. I just, I love people. I spend more money drinking and having lunches and dinner with family and friends. To me, that's, it's all about good quality time, with good quality people, you know? And now what I'm, I'm doing a lot is, is like sitting down with people like you talking and picking each other's brains yeah. and learning from each other. And it's like, it's fucking beautiful. So, I mean, I want to just keep growing myself as a person. Um, I want to be impactful to our community. I love our community. So I want to do as much as I can to help our local community first. Um, but you know, for us to help others, we have to help ourselves. Yeah. Right. So, you know, adjusting my priorities is something I want to work on. I want to be able to be like, Hey, this is my fucking priority. I got to make sure that I do this consistently every goddamn day, just so that I can get where I need to get quicker. Yeah. Because, you know, that like we talked earlier, is like we get comfortable and we're just like, all right, we're good, you know? And then it's like, then you think like a week later, you're like, what did I do this whole week yeah. to, to work towards my goal that I had? I haven't done anything. And you might be like, oh, well, that, that goal is like for five years. But then we got to break it down to a four-year, three-year, two-year, one-year, six-month, <laughs> yep. a weekly goal. Mm -hmm. So now, you know, and I know I need to do it. I know what I need to do. But, you know, we have to put in that work every single day and be consistent. And, you know, shout out to you, man. How how the hell have you been so consistent, not even just for your business, but the podcast? Like, to me, that's like crazy because you're at 117 already. <laughs> yeah. We started September, like, 15th or 16th, 2018. So it's barely over a year. I know. That's what's crazy. Like people put it like 12 episodes in a year and you've. I just enjoy it. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think that what it is, is I'm not doing it for financial gain. Yeah. And I enjoy it. So both of those things are a recipe for success. 100%. Um, the, the, the business aspect of it, it'll come. Yeah. It's no problem. Yeah. You know, somebody listening to this has a CBD company and they want to sponsor every episode. Holla. <laughs> it's coming. Right. right. But like I said, is is I'm gaining knowledge and it hasn't always been where I've respected knowledge or mm -hmm. conversation with people. Yeah. It's only been as of late and where I've realized the uh the the benefit that it can do for me you know hearing all of these different stories yeah. people from different parts of the world yep. um different struggles that they've gone through i always try to put it into perspective of my own life yeah you know um i really didn't go through much big struggles i feel like downstar was an easy build for me i never had to eat cup of noodles or anything like that and I, I sometimes I just hear other people's stories. I'm like, damn, if that person went through all that and there were there at yeah. and I didn't have to go through that, yeah. I should be bigger than I am yeah. now. You know, so when you say about doing the podcast and stuff, I still feel lazy every yeah. day I wake up. I'm like, damn, I could have done more. Yeah. You know, but from the outside person looking in, they think You're that like, I have wow. so much stuff going on. But to me, you condition yourself. I, I agree. You know? So how do you how do you not let yourself feel feel guilty or how do you how do you not let yourself be so hard on yourself? You know what? Sometimes I'm really hard on myself, like internally. Like I 
when I came back from Bali, I was just killing it. I was on fire. I was doing all the stuff. Then I went through like this little slump and I'm like, what, what is going on? Like, why am I not getting all the things I need to get done, done? And it's not like I'm not getting that. Like I have so much on my plate, right? So I can't use an excuse. I have so much shit to do. Right, because yeah. I decided yeah. right to put that shit on my plate. Now I gotta fucking eat. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I think the biggest problem is like just being like being realistic with yourself and your time, and setting deadlines of everything and just fucking doing it. When I don't do that, when I don't set deadlines and times, I'll get mad at myself and be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And and it goes all back to getting comfortable. So I I'm a little hard on myself. Probably not as hard as I think I should be on myself. Yeah. Because sometimes I'm just like, well, you know what? My family has it good. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have it good. And yeah, I'm doing this, this, this. And in between, uh, so let me give you a good good example. With the bloody cure, there was so much more shit I should have done in that downtime. Yeah. And I could have got that shit up six months ago. But it was me blaming the fucking world that it's all your fault. Yeah. It's that person's fault. It's that person's. No, the whole fucking problems in my life are 100% my fault. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Taking responsibility of the every fucking thing. It's not that like, like, hey, you're blaming yourself, but you're doing it to fucking better yourself. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't take ownership of the problems... You're not going to fucking come up with a solution. I'm great at coming up with solutions once I believe it's a fucking problem. Yeah. Right? But when I just blame the world and say, well, you didn't make the product. Well, this didn't happen. That didn't happen. Well, what can I do? Well, really, what should, what I did over the last like two months, I should have done six yeah. months ago. Right? It only took me two, like maybe two to three months from the process of not having a product to having a product. Yeah. Right? Back in the market. About three months. If I did that fucking six months ago or a year ago, I would have only been out of business for three months. Yeah. With the bloody care versus being out for a year. So <laughs> I feel like I'm not as hard on myself as much as I should be. Yeah. Because I'm happy. I'm always a happy guy. Like I don't give a fuck. I have a smile on my face because I have so much to be grateful for. I'm in fucking United States of America. I've traveled the world and I see how people live. I see how hard people work. Even in Hawaii, we're asking people, hey, don't you love living here by the beach? Go all the time. And guess what their answer was? We never go to the beach. And we're like, wait a minute. It's right there. Well, what do we do in Ventura? <laughs> yeah. We never go to the guy. Ventura, Oxnard. We're not at the beach, yeah. you know? And we live in River Park. We can go to Oxnard Beach. We can go to Ventura Beach. It's right there. We don't go enough. But then then you really dig in. You're like, oh, that's crazy because it's so nice out here. They're like, I work two jobs just to live here. It's like shit because their their expenses yeah. are higher than even here. You know, you go out to for a meal for dinner. We went for like eight people. It's like four hundred dollars. We're like yeah. fuck. That would have been two hundred dollars in the U.S. You know, for that many people. Yeah. So it's like double the cost. And on top of that, like when I went to Bali, like these people, they live. There's like twenty five people living in like a, t- a studio apartment just to get by, and they're grateful and they got a smile on their face. That makes you really fucking think. Like God damn. You know what I mean? You can be grateful living that life. Why the fuck aren't we grateful for what we have? Yeah. You know? So I, I'm, I'm a happy person, but I think sometimes that'll kind of make me be like, oh, well, you know, I'm happy. I'm good. And then you 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 lose sight of what your goals are. Yeah. And if you do that, you can kind of, you slow down. So I, I want to speed it up. I always do. You know, I want to do better because I really want to make a change and make an impact in our community. 
And as you know, is, is that takes time and money. And if we, if we don't build our dreams big enough to be able to accomplish those other dreams, it's not going to happen. Yeah, no, I, I totally uh, resonate with you when you say uh, about taking responsibility. Yeah. Um, I, I, I never blame anything on anybody, even yeah. if it wasn't my fault. For me being in that situation, yep, that's my fault. Yep. And when I started thinking like that, it made me think like, yo, I don't like how this feels. Yep. I don't want to be in this position anymore. 100%. And I do everything I can not to be in that position yep. anymore. And that there's a lot of strength inside of that. Oh, yeah. That um, you can't just pawn it off on anybody. Nope. When it, it comes down to it, at the end of the day, this is your fault. This, you are responsible for this, no matter what happened. Hundred percent, and that's really helped with my growth a lot. And it's also helped me um, weed out a lot of people in my life yeah. that that weren't really there for me. You yep. know, that were the cause of these sort Situations. of problems. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, me taking ownership of it means me getting rid of those people yep. in my life, not allowing them yep. to affect my life anymore. Yeah. So let's kind of go into that a little bit. What does your um, your your friendship look like? How many friends do you have? And how, in your entrepreneur path, have you had to uh, weed out some people that that you wish you didn't have to? Well. It so what I do, what I've done is, is if somebody's a really negative influence on my life, yeah, they're just completely out. There's certain other people that they're not a negative necessarily that bad of a negative influence, but they also add value, right? So I kind of differentiate friendships, right? So you have friendships that you enjoy time with somebody because they're like, they're like good friend, right? And we keep it friendship and whatever time I have that we can hang out, we hang out. Then I have like my business friends that they're the business minds, the guys that are getting shit done, the girls that are getting shit done. They're fucking, you know, they're, they're doing a great job, right? Yeah. They're focused. Those are the people I'll spend more time with, right? But they're like a friendship slash business. So I can allocate a little bit more time to these friends because we're adding value to each other's lives, right? And then there's family. Now with family, unfortunately, it's like other than my wife and uh, my son, I don't get to spend as much time with all the family, mm -hmm. right? Even though I, I have time, I have to allocate it correctly. You know, so if, if I, I get the opportunity to hang out with them and it works out for all of us, great. And when it comes to friends that like, that literally are just completely negative and it's it's that negative thinking it doesn't matter who it is right it could be a family member it could be a parent it could be anyone if they're negative they're done i can't fuck with negativity because it transfers like we're talking about yeah. earlier right you you gave that positive experience in that gas station and you could have saved somebody's life you don't fucking know it right so i hate negative energy if there's negative energy it's completely cut if somebody's not adding value to my life is in like a business sense but it's like you enjoy their company we'll have fun doing that knowing i allocated it for that not for business not for anything else got you you know what i mean yeah how about yourself yeah um i had to uh get rid of a lot of people in my life you know um just coming from oxnard i don't know your perspective of it but o oxnard um people are born with a certain 
or uh, born or it's the culture is a, a certain mentality it's a, a really negative thing um mm-hmm. You know, when you do good, it was oh, you think you're bad now, right? You know, and uh, I I've held on to a lot of those relationships, and as my career um, went on, I heard a lot more of that like oh, must be nice kind of stuff, you know, um, complaints. But me lending advice and you know me being a problem solver, solving problems that these people had, and still that not being good enough, yeah. It just made me think, like, you know what? This is this is wasted time. And, and the thing is, is the people don't fucking understand. The reason you're where you're at is because you busted your ass to do it. You risked having a comfortable job. Yeah. Right? Which was, it was like, okay, it was paying your bills versus going out and starting up your own business and busting your ass doing it yeah. mentally. The thing that people don't understand, even if you work eight hours or 16 hours a day, but if you're mentally focused the way you have to be to run your own business, the amount of energy that shit fucking takes, it's crazy. Like you can work eight hours for somebody and you can work three hours for yourself. And that three hours is way harder than those eight to 10 hours. Definitely. So they don't know the sacrifices you fucking make and they don't appreciate that. That's the thing is, is people want results without having anything and then they get jealous. Yeah. And that sucks. It really sucks because... You you want to do anything good for anybody, but you can't give people fucking handouts. Mm-hmm. You can't sit around and give people shit. Well, if somebody wants a job, they want to make more money. Well, come here. I'll fucking give you a job, but you can bust your ass. You're not going to sit around, you know, and do nothing yeah. and expect something. And then, like you said, you got to cut people off. So, um, when did that process start for you? Uh, to be honest, it's it's been going on, and just uh, my wife is really good at it. She she can realize people's intentions and and who they are. Something about <clears throat> the wires, huh? something, man. So <laughs> I, I've and sometimes I would make excuses for these people. Yep. But the more I started to listen to her and take her uh, input on things, the more I've realized a lot. A lot of people didn't have the same love for me that I had for them. Yeah. And uh, I think most of it came to a head last year. You know, a, a lot of things in my personal life and um, in my career wise, I came to the realization that, you know, people are around when things are good and people aren't going to be around yep. when things aren't good. 100%. And the people that are around when things aren't good, those are the people that you need to give more attention yep. to. And I started realizing that a lot more. And, um, things have turned out so much better yep. you know i i wish the best for everybody no yep. matter if we've had problems or not but uh life is 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 like a freeway yep. right we're not on the same lane right now you're on a, a back road or something yep. which is cool hopefully one day you jump on the freeway and yep. we're next to each other yeah and the person that I'm looking to, the people that I want to be like, are the people on that lane yep. further down than I am. And that's, that's where I'm headed. Yep. So if you're not on the same path, I mean, that doesn't mean that I hate you. That yeah. doesn't mean I wish you ill. But we're not on the same path right now. And I understand I'm not on the same path as other people that I look up to. You know, yep. Maybe somebody I would want to have on the podcast or anything like that. I'm working towards that so we can be peers. Yep. I don't want that favor right now. I want you to see the work that I'm putting in and I want you to be part of it. And I wish that other people would have showed me that same thing. Yo, I, I see the path that you're on. This is what I want to work towards. Yeah. Instead of looking at it in a negative light, like, oh yeah, it must be nice for you. You just mm-hmm. went over here and did that or did yeah. this. And it's like, 
no we're not on the same path nope. right now so i i wish you the best but we got to separate from here and it's <clears> funny <throat> you say that uh my brother-in-law i was having a conversation i always have conversations with him i try to call him at least you know every two weeks to every month and uh he talks about his circle of mm -hmm. friends and he's the brokest person in his whole circle of friends yeah right and like and then sometimes I'll be like, shit, you know what? I need to surround myself with more people that are, like you said, like moving and shaking and stuff. You know, and he, him being the brokest person in his friends, he's got a Ferrari and a Lamborghini in his driveway. <laughs> yeah. And a Range Rover and an ES. ES. You know what I mean? Lexus. So it's just kind of like one of those things is like it makes you realize like, oh, shit. You know, there's a reason he's where he's at in life. It's because he's going to learn from people that have done it, like you said, that are ahead of you. Yeah. So it's great to do that. And it's great to be with people that are right there in the lanes with you because you're learning from each other. Mm -hmm. And then you have other influencers that are like, they're fucking like killing it. Like got a buddy of mine. He's he does a hundred and I don't know, $70 million of business a year. Yeah. So I'm trying to pick his brain every second I got, you know what yeah. I mean? I'm like, okay, well, how'd you do this? How'd you do that? You know what I mean? I'm, I'm like a sponge. I'm just like, let me learn. Mm -hmm. So I've been trying to do that myself is surrounding myself with people right like that, because then all of a sudden your goals become bigger too. Yeah. And then you start realizing that your goals can be, accomplished you know if i want to be a billionaire by you know by the time i'm 50 years old okay it can happen but now i need to do what these people yeah. did to get there versus when you're hanging out with people that aren't as accomplished and their lifestyle is just kind of like yo i just made five g's this month and i just dropped five g's this month you know yeah you, you start feeling a little you know it's, it's a different mindset yeah so surrounding yourself with the people with that the right energy to get where you need to go is definitely what what we all need to do yeah and it, and it's definitely energy you know i i focus on that a lot and if i spend time with somebody and we're not we're not benefiting from each other's uh company then we don't have any time being next to each other and 100%. that's not about making money or business moves or anything like that if you're not telling me something that i didn't know or i'm not telling you something that you didn't know yep. and if more complaining is going on than 100%. anything i'm in the wrong place yeah but if i can be with somebody who shoot doesn't even have a job but i sit with them and they have a deep conversation yeah. with me I'm like, okay, cool. Right. I'm going to hang out with this person yeah. again because they're sparking something in my mind that that mi business or money doesn't spark. Yep. This is a different way of thinking about things. 100%. And it's just, I think it's just growing older and maturing and just trying to figure out this space that I'm in because I, I never knew anybody that had their own business when I was growing up. Like. Yeah. Right now, I'm just figuring it out. Yeah. Uh, I see somebody that in a space that I want to be in, and I try to break it down. Like, okay, how did that person get to where they're at? Even with the podcast stuff, mm -hmm. you know, how did that person? How did they have a studio? How did how much did that cost? What yeah. is it? And when somebody actually broke it down to me, like you were saying with the goals, five year, four year, three year, one yeah. year, six months, when they broke it down to me, like, oh, it's just. Two thousand bucks. You got to buy the equipment, yeah. upload to SoundCloud or whatever, and yeah. then I'm like, "Oh, I can do that." Yeah, yeah, that's not hard. I can do that. And I think the other problem that a lot of us have, we look at a problem and we see a whole fucking problem, right? We need to say, "Okay, what are all the problems?" Right? What's the first step I need to do to do it? It's just like fucking when you wake up in the morning. If we want to go to the gym, what we got to do yeah. is at night make sure our gym bags packed, our shoes are there, <laughs> right? Our toothbrush is ready. We can put the goddamn. Just put the so goddamn toothbrush go. on it, right? Just ready to go. <laughs> and every single 
step. You getting up is the first step, right? You using the restroom is the second step. Or you fucking say, no, I can't use the restroom until I use it at the gym. Yeah. I don't give a fuck, right? <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, Hold it. Yeah, right? Hold that shit. Yeah. You know, get to the gym, then use the restroom. Otherwise, you can't. Yeah. Like, just creating something like that to, to you know, accomplish what you want to do. And, and it's the same thing with business. You know, when there's a big problem... You just can't just say, fuck, this is a big problem. You got to say, what's the first thing I need to do to fix it? Next, 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 yeah. next. Make a priority list of what's most important. Just hit it. And all of a sudden, that big problem became one small problem after the other. Exactly. And small problems we could handle. Yeah, you know? exactly. So speaking about um, you know, getting up, going to the gym and stuff, what does your morning routine or your daily routine look like? So I used to like just like a month ago, be going to the gym in the morning. Okay. So I usually try to get to the gym between five and six in the morning. Um, especially because my son goes to school around eight o'clock. So I like to be back, take him to school and then, then either go to the shop or work out of my home office or meetings or whatnot. So normally I try to get to the gym in the morning and haven't been doing that lately. So I've been skipping it because mm -hmm. if I start my day off at seven, I'm not going to be in the gym. Yeah. Right. And the problem is this is, you know, I, I used to be doing five, six hours of sleep a night. I fucking can't do that anymore. Like I literally, I used to be like five hours. I'm fucking good. I'm golden. And I kept telling myself, yeah, I can do it. Now I'm fucking coming to the realization I can't. Yeah. So now what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to do, go to sleep earlier, right? Because it's not like you're not doing anything productive at night, right? After like nine o'clock, you're not fucking doing shit. Yeah. Right. So I'm trying to get like seven to eight hours of sleep sleeping at night wake up in the morning go to the gym hit the gym shower at the gym take my son to school and then have the whole day either up between the businesses go to the store meetings with the new media company that i'm start that i just started so it's just like a lot of meetings all day and my schedule is like it's all over the place i don't have the same schedule every gotcha. day which which is great but it also sucks because it doesn't have a fucking um What's what I'm looking for? No structure. Yeah. Right? Because it's not like I'm doing the, you know, I, I go to my office and I do this and I do that. And then sometimes when you're at home, you're fucking in front of your computer at the house. It's not the same as having your Definitely. office. You know, because then you have your distractions. It's like the reason we don't have a TV in our bedroom is that becomes a TV room and then you're not sleeping there. So it's not sleep. It's like, hey, I can watch TV. So I actually, the next step I want to do is I, I have an office at the store. So I think I'm going to move everything just out of the store and do everything out of there. Mm -hmm. Because that becomes like, this is my workplace. Like right here, this is your fucking podcast yes. place. You know? Yeah. And it just, it mentally, for some reason, our brains function better that way. So I feel like my schedule is just fucking weird. It's just all over the place. I'd like to try to put a little more structure into it, but it's it's just impossible because all my meetings are in different cities, different places, different times with different people. Got you. Got you. So let's go ahead and jump into um, the liquor store. Now, I wasn't aware of the name change. Uh, so it was Sam Sadequay Liquor, yep. and now it's Happy. Happy place, happy craft place, beer, wine, craft beer. Okay, cool. So let's go ahead and uh, and just go through the whole timeline of things. Like, how did you even end up acquiring the the business, and how did you know that like that was something that you wanted to go towards? It absolutely wasn't. I did not want to do it. I was in sales. I did sales at Circuit City. I was working at Best Buy. I know you worked at no Best way. Buy before, yeah. but I didn't work for Best Buy. But back in the day, you remember Best Buy cell phones were sold by a different company? Got you. Okay. So I was an agent. I was a manager. First, I was a salesperson for the company. Then I killed it. So they're just like, we want you to be a manager. I'm like, 
cool. So then we started doing so good. I became a manager. I moved out to San Diego. Mm-hmm. And when I moved out to San Diego, I literally took that whole region of San Diego and went from last in the nation to number one in the nation. Oh, wow. Right, so killed it. And I'm just like, yeah, I love this. And but the thing is this is I took that same work ethic that I've always had as a kid working for somebody else. So I was always working my ass off. I worked more hours. I didn't give a shit. You know, I'm, I'm a grinder. I'm going I'm to get it. So I'm working my ass off. I'm busting my ass. And then the third month goes by, like, congratulations. But by the way, uh, Best Buy is now taking over their own cell phone. Mm-hmm. So you no longer have a job. Mm. And at that time, Best Buy was trying to recruit me as a manager, but I was like, I don't want to get stuck in this now. I already went in the corporate world. I loved it. And now I hate it. I came home. I was like, fucking had a mini depression. Yeah. My mom and dad are just like, well, just go to our store. Cause at the time they owned it. They're just go to the store and go check up on it. Long story short, the manager there is doing shit that they shouldn't be doing. And the manager sees that I'm not allowing it. Yeah. And he quit. Right. Uh, all of a sudden sales start going up. I start killing it. You know, obviously it's just the personality. It's the energy. You know, when you walk in somewhere and someone's already got their cigarettes down, your bottle on the counter says, what's up? Hey, how's Jordan doing? How's he been? You know, how's, you know, how's Susie? You know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Boom, boom. Like, and you genuinely give a shit about people. Not only do they come back, they tell other people about it. So kept building the business up. And then in that meanwhile, I'm like, all right, cool. Now I'm going to go, I'm going to go get a job. Right. And my my dad's like, well, you're doing a really good job. You know, won't you stay? I was like, you can't afford to pay me. This business doesn't make enough money to pay what I'm capable of making yeah. outside. It's just not possible. So I'm I'm sorry. I'm you know I'm coming from a selfish place. I'm like I need to do that. You know. And at the time he had like ten stores. You know what I mean? Like one here, one there, one there. Partnership with a bunch you. of people. And I'm just like, nah. You know, I, I can't do that. You know, I can't afford to take this much of a pay cut. And he's like, why don't you buy the business? I was like, I don't have money. So they, they set up a plan where I just pay him like seven grand a month for the business. Right. So basically most of my save, most of my profits from the business for, for what is it? 10 years went to pay them off. Right. So that's kind of how I got in the business. Mm -hmm. And then eventually, um, we bought the property. So I bought the property and um expanded the store and uh so that's kind of how i got started in the in the business when it was absolutely nothing i wanted to do yeah so what what's with the uh the name change what what made you feel like you needed to change the name so i'm looking at starting up for the last five six years i wanted to open up multiple locations right because the thing is is with one location buying power is really it's fucking it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. And as you know, in being in an inventory business, it fucking sucks having to sit on a lot of inventory. So I was like, okay, well, I need to figure a way that I can buy the same amount, get the same prices, and not have to hold inventory. Mm-hmm. Right? So then I was like, okay, I got to go do another store. And I'm like, I can't put a Sam Sadiqoy liquor in Oxnard. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, if I go put that in, like, Colonia, they're not going to be very happy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, let's just be real. Yeah. You know? And, and so I was just like, but it's hard to change a name of something that I've built from where it was to what it is now. Yeah. You know? When you quadruple a business in sales or times five of business sales and you spend all these years 15 years building this name it was hard to change it because it's like it works so why change it Mm -hmm. and i was like you know what it has to be something that's like that resonates with me so my mom's name's happy 
Oh. Right? Yeah. And then somebody on fucking Yelp, thank, thank, thanks to this person on Yelp, put a comment up there and he said, this is my happy place. And I was like, fuck, that's my mom's name. It, this is a happy place. Everybody who walks in there fucking loves it. I, I was literally, I was in vacation in Canada and somebody was talking about, oh my God, I, go, I went to that store like five times while I was visiting family. Everybody over there is happy. Everyone's nice. So I was like, fuck, it just makes sense, right? Yeah. It's a happy place. And we like to drink. We like to get our bottles. And it was just a fun atmosphere. We bumped music. In the morning, we were watching the Hearing the Dilemma of the Day. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So we're literally just like cranking it out there and have a good time. So I was like, okay, that makes sense. It just felt right. And now if I put a happy place somewhere else, I can do it anywhere. Yeah. Because I'm looking at it as a brand, not just a one single location. Yeah. If I was only going to have one single location, I would just stuck with what I had and it would have been fine. So that's why I did it because A, it was my mom's name. She never gets credit when it's due, mm-hmm. right? Because that's the thing is, is mommy's like, they, they love you unconditionally, but yet, you know, we don't appreciate them as much as we should, just like we don't appreciate the ocean when we live in fucking Ventura County. Yeah. Right. So I was like, you know what? I want to do a shout out to my mom uh-huh. on this. Right. Yeah. And put like her nickname in, which is happy and uh, do something where I can start opening a second location. And uh, we're going to create this cool bar slash liquor store environment. So I already got my licenses for a bar and a liquor store to open up a second one. So now we're just looking for locations right now. Where are you thinking? Where would you want to have a location? Oxnard. Oxnard? This is my number one choice. Got you. I'd love to go in Oxnard. I live in Oxnard too now, you know, in River Park. So, I mean, I'd like to do something in Oxnard. Um, And a lot of our customers come from oxnard mm-hmm. too so it kind of shows me that there is a a huge demand for what we've created with a craft beer selection have you ever been in there by the way no i haven't i want i want to come by one of these days but i actually haven't drank since 2010 oh wow <laughs> yeah okay. yeah I, I thought you didn't drink uh, normally i would have brought a beer or something yeah. for us to drink and normally i always have I, alcohol i i've i've uh we've had the uh i haven't had it but ashley's had the bloody cure before and oh I'm really like, man i want to have that but you know what? You I can. Drink. So you know what? When we have it, I'm going to get you a bottle of Bloody Cure and we're going to get non-alcoholic beer. Dude, and you let's can do, do it. A, let's do it. I'm down, man, for sure. Hell yeah. That sounds like a super good plan because yeah. uh, that's kind of one of the things I miss about drinking is having like a nice michelada. Done. Right. You know what? I'm at one of the first bottles that comes up. Me, you, and Mama are going to hang out. We're going to have our Sick. alcohol ones. I'll um, get you a 0%. <laughs> Just don't switch them up because you don't want to see drunk Frank. <laughs> Just Frank the Tank, bro. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome, man. So your parents, uh, they came here from India and they got into the uh, the alcohol industry and it just exploded from there? Yeah, so he got uh, really honestly, he, he like I said, he worked at Lucky 7. Yes. Uh, it was actually called 7-Eleven back then. And then um, from there, he actually, that was the first store he bought was the Happy Place Craft Beer Wine and Spirits. Gotcha. And he bought that. And then from there, he got into real estate, but started buying real estate, a, a building and turning it into a business and then selling the real estate or selling the business, keeping the real estate. So literally the way the way that he, he helped himself was real estate. Mm-hmm. Business was, was, you know, was the big driver, but it was the real estate that really made a big difference for him. Gotcha. You know, buying a, a depreciated property, putting in a business, building the business, selling the business, keeping the real estate. Now, was that something that was familiar to him in India as no. well? No. So how did how did that even happen? That's a great question. I don't even fucking know. It's crazy, man. You hear people <laughs> come from other countries and they come to the U.S. 
even California and become extremely successful? I think I think there's a couple of things, right? Number one is you're driven, right? Your your drive is completely different. You're not like you're like as a lot of Amer- Americans, we're like we're totally like fucking we're blind when it comes to you know work ethic and doing that like you think oh eight hours a day oh my god i've got a <laughs> yeah. hard day yeah, 40 yeah. hours a week fucking shut the fuck up you yeah. know what i'm saying we are so lazy as americans that we complain about a 40 hour work week when a fucking somebody comes from a country where people sleep outside and there's poverty everywhere and they come here and they say shit if i work 40 hours a week uh, 40, yeah, 40 hours a week, I can have a living. Mm-hmm. Now, if I work 80 hours a week, I can save 40 hours of my paycheck and build a life for myself, mm. right? So it's that yeah. mindset, that mentality, right? Now, don't get me wrong. If, if all you want to do is work 40 hours a week and have a good, comfortable life and you're okay with that, great. But don't fucking complain about your life if you're working 40 hours a week, Yeah, right? Because you can work 80. You know what I'm saying? You can work more hours. I like that, dude. You know yeah, what I'm saying? No, I don't I don't mind somebody who just wants to work fucking one day a week. Good to you. Don't fucking complain about it. Yeah. If you complain, you can fucking solve the problem. Yeah. You know? It goes back to what we're talking about. Take ownership. Take ownership of the problem. Come up with a solution. Yeah, definitely, man. So I think that's <clears throat> the biggest thing is coming from a different country. Your mindset's different. You're willing to work harder. You know you have to. You're the underdog. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, like some of the best basketball players or best sports athletes are the, the ones that they're like, oh, well, this guy wasn't supposed to be that good. Now, all of a sudden, he's one of the greatest. Like, how are you scoring 25 points a game? You're like 30th pick. You know what I'm saying? You should be doing three points a game. Like, so I think it kind of happens the same with, with entrepreneurship. And then plus, like you, when you come here, you don't have a choice. Yeah. Right? You don't have a life. <coughs> you haven't been taught like... Oh, well, you just work and then you party. And uh, and now with this new generation, I think it's even fucking harder because social media, they make it seem like life is supposed to be that way, mm-hmm. right? And, and half of these business owners and half of these guys that are like flashing shit, half the shit they're flashing is not even fucking theirs. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's having a different impact on our now our, our community coming in. We're in we're in India or third world countries. Like I like I told you, I was in Bali and these guys worked their ass off. He was our tour guide. Our tour guide was running around with us for like 12 hours to 14 hours a day, happy with a fucking smile every goddamn time. Wow. Right? He took care of our shit. He grabbed our bags. And I'm like, I got my bag. He's like, no, sir. I'm going to carry your bag. <laughs> Fuck. I'm proud of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, he wanted to work. He's like, I'm thankful I have work. God bless you guys for hiring me. You know? Yeah. So I'm helping that guy out a little bit. So if you're going to go do a trip to uh, Bali... It's Go Loka Bali Tours on IG. Fucking kid is amazing. But like, it's just that, that fucking, that drive that they have. And you put them in a country that has, like, you can make way more money. They go crazy. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Now, speaking of of travel, I I did see that you were in, uh, I don't know how long ago was it, but you were in the the UK for a, a Sikh wedding. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that, man, because I have a buddy that lives in the UK and uh, my buddy Dav and, and he's Sikh as well. And, oh, cool. and he told me a little bit about it. And it was uh, it was very interesting, man. Sikh weddings are very interesting. Um, 
like they literally go on for a whole week of partying, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah. like your liver's hurting, right? So when I got married, the fucking crazy part is I got married, and then my cousin got married the next week. So everybody's liver was definitely needed a fucking <laughs> check. You know, we yeah. had the eat the emergency lights on and everything. We we're all fucked up. But but the way it works is it's just like fucking nonstop partying. There's like four or five different events. So every night leading up to the wedding, there's a party. And for ours, is it was like one of the first weddings in in both both of our sides. Okay, so it was crazy. I had family all over the world travel down here. Yeah, we couldn't even find a venue big enough out here, so we had to rent out the LAX Hilton because that's how many people that we had. How many people, bro? We were supposed to have five hundred. We had eight hundred people <laughs> at our reception. I don't even know eight hundred people, <laughs> bro. I didn't know fucking anybody who was there, man. <laughs> I I probably I knew like a hundred people, right? And then like 700 people were walking by, grabbing me by the cheeks. Do you remember me? I'm like, well, obviously not because you're acting the same way I saw you 30 years ago. You know what I mean? So like we had people, we had no idea who the fuck they were, but it was amazing. It was great. Um, If I look at it now, it was like, that was a stupid investment. Like I literally could have bought house cash, you know, with the money that all the parents spent. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I probably only dropped like 40 grand on it. But they drop like fucking quarter million dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like fucking nuts. So Sikh weddings are fun, but it's almost kind of like you're outdoing each other. Like, oh, ah. fucking. The, the parents are like, oh, well, this person did it here. No, we got to do it here. Or, gotcha. or we have to at least do it. So there's a lot of ego involved. So they try to make it like fantastic. Like, But they're fun as fuck. But uh, man, if, uh, if 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 your kid gets married into a Sikh family, man, watch out. <laughs> <laughs> but be ready to party, man. Yeah, have, we'll have your non-alcoholic Michaelada's ready for <laughs> there you. There you go. So uh, so are you Sikh? Yeah. Okay. So what what is the significance of the uh, the bracelet? So this is basically like our cross in a way, right? But what our religion is Sikh means is like you're a student of God, mm-hmm. right? To be a Sikh is you just believe in God. If you believe in God, you're a Sikh, mm-hmm. right? Um, I'm not a very religious person. I'm more just like karma. I love people. I just want people to do good. So I don't. I'm not religious at all whatsoever. Obviously, uh, in our religion, like once you're baptized, you keep your long beard. Mm-hmm. You don't cut your hair. Uh, you don't drink. You don't eat meat. And I do all of the above. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just uh, I'm just happy that they haven't exiled me or something. <laughs> got you, know what you I mean? got you. Yeah, that was one thing that I noticed a lot when I was in uh, in London that there was uh, a lot of Indian people there, and yeah. I wasn't or I wasn't expecting that yeah, because ton. you know you, that's not what you see when you see London. It's like you know tea and crumpets and things like that. Well, see, the one thing is if you go back to the history of India, um, we were conquered by the British. Right. So at that point, there was a lot of people that eventually went to Britain and blah, blah, blah. So it started from back in the day. And also Britain's like half the way here. Mm-hmm. Right. So when you're when your family is fairly wealthy or good enough where you can borrow enough money to get out of India for better opportunity, that was one one of the places a lot of people went, you know. Yeah. So um, there's a lot of lot of Indian community. There's there's a couple of communities. It's like all Indians there. You know, like you you know how they have like little Italy. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, yeah. little this, little that. Like there's big India there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was very interesting for me, man. I I enjoyed it because it was like a uh, a different culture that I've never experienced before. Yeah. And then when he started telling me about um about being a Sikh and the things that I represent, I'm like, man, that's really cool. Yeah. You know. 
That's awesome, man. So, um, how how much do you embrace your Indian culture here in in California? So I'm I'm fluent with the language, fairly fluent, as fluent as you can be without, you know, English is my first language. Uh, but in the household, me and my mom spoke mm-hmm. uh, Punjabi. Okay. Me, me and my father spoke uh, English. Um, so it was it's it's more cultural, not religious. Because yeah. I'm not very religious. I'm respectful to the religion, but I'm just more like, if anything, I'm more like almost kind of Buddhist in a way. You got know what you, I mean? Karma, you. like yeah, just yeah, love yeah. everybody. Yeah. I don't look at anybody and say, your religion's this, your religion's that. I just like love, love, love. And that's it. Karma. Yeah. Be good to people. Um, but when it comes to the culture, I love the music. I love the dance. I love the partying. I love, you know, a lot of the stuff, not the non-religious stuff I'm really attached to. My parents are like on both sides. My mom's both. My dad's more religious. You know, gotcha, gotcha. he writes religious books and does all kinds of stuff. But, you know, I, I think it's funny, though, because in a lot of families, when you have somebody who's super religious or like really like kind of like writes books about religion or does that, it seems like the kids are kind of like not religious. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah. So, so I don't know. Like to me, I feel like I can pray in my own place and I can just say, you know, thank thank the god yeah or yeah whatever yeah. you know what i mean thank the god and and just uh just be a good human being what about uh food wise oh, i love indian food really bro in, in uk did you have any indian food out there um i had um like uh the, the nando's like peri peri chicken but i think that's uh, more like south african if i'm not yeah. mistaken well nando's is yeah they're, they're kind of they, they make everything over there yeah but uh i would love it man yeah i would love to but have you know like, you know what when my mom's in town i'm gonna have you over for man dinner. that would be awesome but because honestly it's like everyone always asks me the next question you're probably gonna ask me where do you go to eat in <laughs> yeah right? my mama's kitchen <laughs> there like, you go like she kills it but yeah. the, the crazy part is just like in in the spanish culture because i have friends right and certain friends parents make a really bomb like quesadilla one makes a really bomb empanada you know what i mean like whatever it is is everyone has their own thing same thing with the indian culture is like my mom's really good at making like chicken tikka masala and then my aunt's really good at making this specific curry so it's like if i want a really good feast i just gotta like call all of them over and be like hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey all of y'all are coming over and you're cooking this it's a yeah. potluck <laughs> but but definitely man I'd, I'd love for you do you like spicy food yeah definitely. Oh, awesome you're gonna fucking love this shit man. very cool man, yeah, man. i'd love it that's like it's no. like when I eat my like Mexican food, I got like tapatio and jalapenos and you know what I'm saying? I like What's your Mexican spot around here? I get there's a lot that I like. Um a good friend of mine, uh Diego owns Mom and Pop's tacos. Yeah, shout out so, to Diego, man. Yeah, that's the boy. That's so I always end up going over there mm-hmm. and then some every once in a while I'll be at his house and his parents like cook cook me up some bomb ass food now do they have an actual location so I, I don't know if i could say this but they they have a location coming soon sick we'll okay. just say that so follow mom and pop's talk there you go but uh but yeah they're um they're that's like my go-to spot because the way they know how i like it so I, what i get from them is i get a quesadilla and i put all of their hot sauces in it i put double meat i put um pastor and uh asada okay so i mix it all up so it's just called skysway oh so a lot of people now go over there and be like oh let me get a skysway quesadilla so i really like that one in particular that's my favorite so i always go back there um i mean every once in a while i'll be at limoni sal because it's downtown winter it's nice and my boy owns it yeah um i'll go to cabo in oxnard (laughs) um obviously tdm the little burritos and shit those are bomb 
but uh but th- th- those are kind of the spots how about you what let me ask you what, what's your favorite <clears throat> around here i don't know man i think like probably the best would be el pescador okay in uh, Fillmore. Fillmore. Yeah. yeah definitely a Fillmore one i agree man. um but i have been keeping an eye on that uh that facebook instagram page uh trendy eats yeah are you familiar yeah, with yeah, that yeah, yeah. Um, there's been a couple places that's popped up and I went to them and th- they're places I would have never walked into, yeah. but it's just, wow, this is really good food, man. Okay. So I think that's on my list is just to try more, Bunch of, <laughs> more of that. I think me too. I think I want to try other stuff too. I feel like you know, I kind of stick to some of the same ones that I know. Um, how about Taqueria Tepatlan? Have you been there? No, you where's that? Avenue? No, 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 no. I like there. Yeah, I, I like love to food. eat, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's bro. that's my thing. I love, like I told you, like I spend most of my money on food and alcohol. Yeah. Man. So, um, you brought up Diego, man. How long have you known Diego for? Because he's like OG hustler, man. OG hustler. Yeah. The OG club promoter. Yeah, he dude. knows everybody. You know, it's funny. We just say if if you don't know. If if you don't know Sky or or Diego, you just haven't been in the community at Definitely, all. Because man. between both of us, we have a different crowds and different people mm-hmm. we know. But I've known him forever. You yeah, know? a throwback. Check this shit out. So he calls me up one day and he's just like, he's like, bro, I'm gonna do a birthday party. Like like this is how OG this dude is and how big of a couple of motor at the time. He calls me up. He goes, hey, I want to do uh, a big party. I'm like, you do a big party every year. There's like four or five hundred people yeah. at your fucking birthdays. And they're paying for admission and buying drinks. He's like, yeah, but I want to do something on steroids. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. He goes, I want to I rent the Ventura yeah. Theater <laughs> for my fucking birthday and have a birthday party with a thousand people. And the first thing I said is, let's fucking do it. Yep. And then th- at the time is they're just like, oh, well, we're not going to rent it out for somebody's birthday party. And then I went over there and I was talking to them. They were talking. They're like, oh, shit, you're involved too. We're okay. All right. We're going to do this. And we're like, he did 500 people on his last birthday. Mm-hmm. Long story short, we ended up getting Pepsi, Rockstar sponsored it. Got like four or five sponsors no for this shit. You know how they don't even have like a, a sit down area? Yeah. We actually had Rolling Rich Car Club. Yeah. Fucking upholster some seats that I got created by one of my handymans. Yeah. And fucking, we had like VIP seating areas, and we sold those areas for like a thousand dollars each. It was what 2012, 2011. Yeah, I remember. I was yeah. there. You were? Yeah. Oh, dope. dope. <laughs> That's crazy. We probably passed cross uh, across yeah. paths a lot, and never really knew it. Yeah, no, your your names definitely come up in the past, but it was never. I didn't do all the shit that they said I did. Yeah. They're over exaggerating, <laughs> bro. I didn't do it. <laughs> It wasn't me. It's really cool that we uh, finally actually get to sit down, man. And yeah. uh, that's one thing about podcasting, dude, is that you're just like locked in. Phones are down. And 100%. you just, just get to know who, who the person is. Right. I think we just need to do this with our friends. <laughs> like, Definitely. you know what I'm saying? Like you said, is like half the time you're in a room, everyone's on the fucking phone. Yeah. Right. And now you're actually being able to get in a detailed, deep conversation about life, about business, about everything. You know, and, and the fucking crazy part is this is the first time we've actually officially met. Yeah, right? It doesn't feel that way, though. Yeah, no. You know what I mean? Yeah, that definitely, is dude. Is, uh, this is an awesome conversation, man. I um, <clears throat> I, I thank you for coming, Sky. For hey, real, thanks man. for having me. Yeah, man. definitely. Thanks for doing what you're doing. This is awesome, bro. Thank you. Thank you yeah. so much, man. And it's just, it's it's awesome because of the people I have involved in it. You know, I, I wouldn't be able to have these conversations if people didn't come in with an open mind, if they didn't come in vulnerable and willing to talk about things, yeah. you know? 100%. And I think my job as a host is to make, to ask the right questions and to make people feel comfortable yep. and welcomed here. 100%. And, and that's, by, by the way, comfortable, these 
seats are so goddamn comfortable. Like, I need to fucking pick some of these Thank up. Thank you, Shit, dude. Bro. Yeah, you know, you know, Oxnard. Everybody has the hookup. I got these on the homie hookup. Oh snap! If, if you need to get some though, yeah. let me know, man. I I, yeah. I got these the plug are, on them. These are awesome. Bro. Yeah, if I would have paid retail for them, I no, definitely uh, wouldn't uh, have uh, these here. No way. But uh, my wife, she bought me this one for Christmas last year, which was awesome, man. You know, those are those gifts that are kind of like. It's not a lot of money and it's not something fancy, but it, it has meaning to it. Yeah. 100%. And she saw that. Um, so that was in December. I started in September. So she knew that in those few months that she could see the passion. And she's yeah. like, you know, I don't want to get you 100%. a nice chair. So she got this one for me. Yo, wifey, are you listening? I need these chairs. <laughs> So then my cousin, he came and he actually seen the chairs. He's like, oh, yeah, I got to hook up on those. Yeah. I said, all right, cool. So we got it one here and then we have the two in the room over there. So, yeah, if you need They're some so chairs, comfortable. Man. Yeah. I was just thinking, I was like, how can somebody sit? Because I see your podcast, right, compared to most. Most people end at like 50 minutes, 45 minutes. And yours will go on for two hours. I'm yeah. like, how the fuck are you going to sit in a seat for two hours? I'm like, I can see. Yeah. This is shit's comfortable. No, definitely. And when you take the headphones off, you feel like you just landed, bro. Right? It's like, where, where like did first we just class. go? Man. <laughs> yeah man but it's uh I, I look forward to building this relationship with you man there's not a lot of people around here that have that same energy as you and I, i'm trying to find everybody around here that that i can work with and i'm excited you know, that we have the same kind of uh opportunities we have the same kind of vulnerabilities yep. and and we've gone through the same sort of things and just 100%. figuring a way that you've been able to navigate it through it or or i have and just to mesh it all together you know what i want to do is build some sort of like like a network like a mixer you know where we let's can meet it. up every every month or so or something like that you know let's do it you know what I've, I've been i i'm actually involved with a bunch of different people that are thinking the same exact way which is beautiful yeah. so let's do it dude definitely this thursday there's a there's an event i want you to come out okay yeah if you're free and um it's actually a good friend of mine her name is christina brophy okay she does the women empowerment expo mm -hmm. and she does all these cool mixers and like you get to meet all like-minded people and we're gonna meet people we can help there's people there that can help us it's just it's just a cool network and even I was talking to Mambo and Bear, you know, yeah, Bear, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And there's like, we did this little thing at uh, Fluid State, mm -hmm. you know? Shout out to Fluid State for hosting our event. But like, we did this amazing little mixer, customer and employees, and we just had fun and had a bunch of friends there. And it was just nice because like people get to network that never would have and you know find other opportunities so that was really cool yeah i think one of my biggest struggles in in growth is having people around that that i can motivate that can motivate me and that we could just lean on each 100%. other you know because like i said i didn't know anybody that that owned a business while growing up and i all of these struggles that i'm going through this is this is like first generation 100 so i'm trying to figure it all out so i could pass those gems down to my son 100 so he he's has a little more uh you know um tools in his bag yeah. than i did talking about owning a business if anybody knows a cbd owner of a company tag them in this share this with them and let them know they need to fucking sponsor this goddamn show <laughs> The man uses it, he loves it, and he's good people, and fuck, man, we need to get a CBD sponsor. Thank you, man. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm, uh, I might even make a company my damn self. Right? Dude, you know? <laughs> Let me know, man. And I'm telling you, <laughs> CBD really changed my life, bro. Yeah. It's, it's caused me to further my career even faster than I have before. That's your name, CBD changed my life. <laughs> <laughs>
That's it. CBDChangeMyLife.com, baby. Guy, thank you so much for stopping by, bro. Hey, thanks for having me, bro. I had a blast. Of course. So before we get out of here, can you let everybody know where to follow you and uh, see see where you're going in the future? Yeah. So if you're on Instagram, SkySunner.com, S-K-Y-S-U-N-N-E-R.com. Uh, you could go to Sky Center, uh, uh, or Sky Center at Instagram. Instagram and then the website. Or, yeah, or the way, even skycenter.com or itsyourboyskai.com. I have both all those domain domain names. And they just kind of redirect you to all of my socials and, and everything. So it's pretty basic. It's a cool little site. You should go check it out for yeah. a lot of people. You know, it directs me to the website for my podcast. Everything will be on there. So Sick. yeah, check it out, man. All right, cool, man. And I'm I'm looking forward to being on Sipping with Sky, man. Let's do it, bro. I'm excited. We're, we're going we're gonna to do the michelada, the non-alcoholic michelada for Hey, you, who bro. knows? I might start drinking again. Let's party. <laughs> <laughs> Frank the Tank's back. Oh, Fuck snap. everything. <laughs> Fuck another thing Sky did wrong, huh? <laughs> oh, man. Guys, make sure you check out Sky. And if you're listening to this episode and you have some feedback on it, you can always uh, leave us a voicemail or shoot us a text at 818-937-3470. This is a way for us to interact with our uh, listeners That's and um, to get feedback from and uh i appreciate it man i appreciate all you guys sky i appreciate you being here man this was an awesome Thanks conversation and uh thank you guys all for listening once again this is downtime with downstar episode 117 and we out peace Yee!